0: Brody, guess what? What?
1: I learned something last night. That the LG G-spots in the butt? No.
0: Something that I uh probably knew for a long time, but said no and kept telling myself no that it didn't exist.
1: Okay. What is this? I
0: watched Top Gun Maverick last night.
1: Mm-hmm. It was very
0: good. Really? I'll, talk, I'll tell you more about it later. Okay. But it made me realize something. Mm-hmm. I have a very real, very real attraction to Miles Teller in a mustache.
1: Okay. Welcome
0: back to Holoform TV. It's been a little while. Yes. Um uh, we're recording this on Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. I have to call my little brother Jaden. He is twelve today.
1: Oh God, is he?
0: Yep. So Oh my he'll never hear this, but happy birthday, Jaden. Um One day he's gonna find these. One day like, he, he the will find these. Were you guys doing? <laughs> when he's much older. <laughs> And, and Big Brother is not near as much The white knight as he thinks he is um, Yes This is Memorial Day We had technical difficulties on the normal day for recording My computer would not turn on
1: No, no, that was, that was really weird I was kind of worried yes, for a minute I was very worried
0: Whew, I was upset yeah, was- I was like, I have hundreds of pages written On my books
1: <laughs> What is this? Well, but it's, okay. it's time to get an external hard drive and put them on that they're on phone now. Hmm. Very nice. I
0: have Microsoft Office on phone.
1: Hmm. Yes. Nice. Yes. I'm surprised you actually have Office and not some bootleg copy.
0: Nope, I have Genuine Office.
1: <laughs> that, is, that is actually surprising. Yep, Genuine Office.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's a thing. Hmm. Um, so, yes, this is late. But it's okay. because better late than never.
1: Well, it's better than your wife being late.
0: That's true. That's true. It's better than being late to work. It's better being late to the cookout. It's better than being late to your own wedding or your own birth. What if you're late to your own birth?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think you can. Like, that's a physical Oh, you can be. So you come out stillborn and get resuscitated? Yikes. I mean... That's the only way I can think you'd be late to your own birth.
0: So that book that I'm reading, the empire of silence, mm-hmm. the one of the first, like after the first couple, like the first page, he's talking about his father. He says, my father was late to my own birth. Or he says, my fa- my mother and father were late to my own birth. I'm like, how, how does that work? But he was born in a gestational pod because the future. And I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. That's the only way that happens. That makes sense. Because I'm sitting here thinking twenty twenty-two, modern day America and I'm like, how does your mom be late dear How does How does that work?
1: <coughs> please
0: explain. But now it makes sense.
1: America, please explain. <laughs> America explain. But uh Yeah, we had technical difficulties. Yes, we did. But those technical difficulties are resolved. We are
0: back, baby. Better than ever, not really, but we're okay. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty okay. I'm pretty good.
1: Anyway, what what have what have you been doing over the past two weeks that uh, has not been watching 86 or anything that uh, I've, I've asked you to do? Um, so
0: yeah, I didn't watch 86. I'm sorry. We
1: um, can't continue to talk.
0: I know, the universe, so. I know. I know. I'm gonna watch it. I, I promise. Know. I, I know. promise. So okay, so here's the thing. I I was gonna watch it. But then being on second shift kind of fucked me up. Um, but then, you know, Ash was over here last weekend, and I was like, hey, I'm going to start watching Stranger Things again to get ready for season four. Uh, and I said, "Will you please just watch the first episode with me. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. I'll watch it by myself, and it'll all be fine. She's like, okay, sure. So she watched the first episode. And then I was like, all right, you ready to go to bed? And she goes, I mean, we can watch one more if you want. I said, okay, cool. Watched the second one. Went to bed. The next day, we watched one more. Then she went home and binged the entire rest of the first season and all of season two. And I was like, oh, so you like it? And she's like, yeah, it's pretty good, actually. I, I kind of dig it. And I was like, okay, cool, good. So we were, we're, we're, we're watching season three together, and then we're going to watch season four together. So I told her that I would not watch season four by myself. So, other than that, I'm going to watch Kenobi, and I'm going to watch 86. Because Kenobi dropped on Friday, also. I know. And I haven't watched it yet either. I'm worried. I've heard mixed things. I've heard that it's I've heard from some things that it's really good and I've heard from some things that it's not good at all. Um it is very split down the middle, divisive to say the least. The last thing that was this divisive with Star Wars was the last Jedi. Um or the you know the the, the not so book of Boba Book of Fett. <laughs>
1: yeah, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: Uh, also, did you see that? Um, speaking of all that, did you see that Kathleen Kennedy, uh, so who somehow still has a job as the head of Lucas Arts, but whatever, or Lucasfilm, or whatever, but whatever. Okay. Um, did you see that she said that they were no longer uh, that everything in Star Wars canon now everything's going to be a, a, a thorough through line. So they already they announced a couple years back that they weren't going to do trilogies anymore mm-hmm. because they're too singled out, and then it opens up more. Uh, avenues for mistakes um but like kathleen kidding yeah but she said that this this the new star wars canon uh is going to be more focused and it's all going to run more together more thoroughly um so basically it's going to be more like the mcu a lot of things a lot more things are going to connect which for star wars isn't a bad thing because the first six it's movies a setting. The first six movies connect really heavily and all the books connect really heavily.
1: Well not only that, but like it's not a story about a certain group of people necessarily. Exactly. It's a story of a universe. Exactly. It's a um, story of a setting. Like right. the setting is probably the main character. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Absolutely.
0: So um then you have she also said that everything coming going forward will be sequel era. So they're not actually retconning what they they have they're living with their decisions, which they should. I think they should, and I think that they should retroactively try to fix some of it because they can. It's not that hard. We've no. spoke about that. They could fix it. Yeah,
1: no, they could. They- now,
0: Star Wars fans will be upset about it because Star Wars fans are the fucking worst.
1: Yeah, no, Star Wars fans are actually the most
0: toxic people. They the really world. are. They can't be happy. No. Um, and you know, I, I we watched that video earlier that I sent you. Mm. Um and uh, everyone should go check it out on YouTube. It's called... It Just l- look up Star Wars, the anti-trilogy, um, and it'll make a lot of sense. Uh, I found it super interesting, though, hmm? because he made out a lot of really good points, and a lot of the points that we had already talked about before.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it, it was fairly straightforward on basically our, our opinion about the right. sequel trilogy and stuff um, like that. But.
0: He said that J.J. J. Abrams was basically trying to... He made the most... Un-Star Wars, Star Wars film Because he went against everything that George Lucas Set out to do Mm -hmm. Because fans loved the original trilogy When he made the the prequel trilogy Be different from the original trilogy Fans hated it So then, J.J. Abrams was like Oh, we like the the Original trilogy, I'm gonna make The original trilogy 2.0 With prettier stuff
1: And you see exactly what's happened after the sequel trilogy came out Mm -hmm. Like I mean, is, look at the fanfare that Hayden Christensen's getting now. Well, which was always deserved. Well, I'll put it this way: so for our entire life, the prequel trilogy was lambasted.
0: Insert loud noise.
1: There were certain aspects of it that people liked, absolutely. Like Revenge of the Sith, a lot the, of people the, enjoyed the fights. A, a lot of people enjoyed a good portion of Revenge of the Sith, right?
0: And like and the, Revenge of the Sith in the twenty years since then. Has been very warmly received. Now, Revenge of the Sith is that golden goose in those three
1: movies for a lot of well, people. Well, you you know what I think though. Mm. I think that going to kind of like the point that the guy made in the video about you know the anti anti trilogy. Right. That let's go way to put this. Um. People hated the prequels because they were so much different from the original trilogy. One hundred percent. However. The original trilogy is three different movies. Exactly, three very different movies. And they
0: and the prequels are
1: three very different movies. They are. Because George
0: Lucas made a
1: different movie every time. Yep. And so he made a very good point that like he made six different movies inside of the same universe. in the same universe with a through story between them all. Yep. And so JJ J. Abrams decides to just make one and ent- or uh, one movie. That's what he like decided originally. A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith like one into basically one movie. Right. And... And just a little bit of Revenge of the Sith. He, he, not like, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Empire. Uh, Empire yeah. Like, A New Hope and Empire, yep. like, into one movie. And the fans hated it. Well, the fans loved it at first, because it nostalgia is a powerful fucking thing. Yes, but then after the nostalgia wore off... It, and people realized, oh, this is just
0: A New Hope and Empire 2.0 meshed together, but not as good.
1: Yeah. And so, like the pre- The prequels didn't get any credit yet. Yep, not at this point. Not at that point. And because then, now Star and, Wars was back alive. Well, and then the Last Jedi happened, and the Last Jedi, and there's just like this consciousness shift amongst Star yeah. Wars fans that yep. the prequels are good, right? Because what I think happened is the fans hated the fans hated the prequels because they were so different from the original trilogy, right. However, George Lucas made six different films in the same universe that with a single felt like with a, with a single throughline story. Exactly, and like in hindsight, the the prequels make so much sense. Absolutely, like there's bad moments, of course. Like, like and do I think Hayden Christensen's acting as Anakin is great all the time? No. no, but he was also fairly young when he started in Attack of the Clones, and we've all admitted
0: George Lucas is not a very good scriptwriter. No. He's not <laughs> like his scripts were kind of weak, but the overarching plot line in the stories and the world he created
1: is incredible. Is subliminal. It's, it's incredible. It's Sublime. And so, like, yes, the prequels have problems, but like they don't feel like the original trilogy. The positive
0: much outweighed the negative.
1: Yes. You can still watch the Phantom
0: Menace and Attack of the Clones. And even with the bad, you can still be like, these are this is still Star Wars
1: is still a really good this movie. It's still Star Wars. Well, and still then you good watch movie. Revenge
0: of the Sith and you're like, this was so good. People just didn't realize what we had.
1: Yeah. And like looking at it in hindsight, I think what's happened is because the prequels are getting a whole lot of traction lately. Yep. Over the past, like, three, four years. Absolutely.
0: Ever since Rise of Skywalker released. Because when Rise of Skywalker released, really, a lot of people were like, hmm, okay, The Last Jedi is divisive. You either had half the fan base saying it was great, half of them saying it was awful. We'll see what Episode 9 does. When Episode 9 will draw the trilogy to a close, and we can say, okay, Episode 9 will salvage it. It didn't. No. It did not. It actually, shit on everything. And actually, it made it, <laughs> it worse. It made it worse.
1: Because it completely ignored what happened in the in yep. the previous movie.
0: Because that's what J.J. J. Abrams did. He goes, okay, I'm going to ignore what happened previously, which was the prequels. I said, I'm going to ignore those. We're only going to do the original trilogy. Okay. A lot of fans were okay with that because Star Wars fans love Luke's journey, not Anakin's. Okay. Cool. That's fine. Then Ryan Johnson... He made the most Star Wars film that we've had in years, but it was so anti-Force Awakens that because, okay, because, like, that video brought up the best point. And it was a point that I had this weird problem with when Force Awakens first came out. Why the fuck is Luke on this island by himself all alone anyway? Yeah. Because... Like you said Yes he would never do All the things that he did In Last Jedi But he would never leave His friends to begin with Exactly So Ryan Johnson Which, Was set up to fail And he had to explain It away somehow Exactly So then, and I agree with that Now Ryan Johnson Is blamed for destroying Luke's character When honestly He did the best he could And it makes sense To the story It doesn't make sense To the Luke Skywalker We all know But to the story That J.J. Abrams left him It makes sense Now it's not all J.J. Abrams' fault because the stuff that he did with him is just wildly inconsistent with his character. But it makes sense to the story that J.J. left him.
1: Well, then also, like... And then
0: J.J. Then shits on it again. He's just like, a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. I'm like, you threw it! <laughs> you are out here doing nothing! J.J. <laughs> Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars. Mmm. <laughs> that's my hot take and that's been our you, me and you have agreed on the kathleen kennedy thing but i think jj did and and that video says one thing that i've thought for years when jj abrams did lost and cloverfield i was like this man has a vision that i appreciate then he did star trek and i was like this is good I like this. It's more action-packed, and it's more like a summer blockbuster than a Star Trek movie, but it's good. Those three movies were well, still I mean, pretty the, good.
1: The reason why Star Trek isn't as beloved as Star Wars mm-hmm. is because it doesn't have that because it's action. Exactly.
0: It's-, it's more slow. It's more explore, uh, exploratory. It's more episodic. Yes. Um, and it was never really movies. It was always shows. So those three movies did a lot for Star Trek fans, but... That's about it. They did a lot for Star Trek fans and summer blockbuster fans and sci-fi fans. That's about it. They didn't really capture the Star Wars crowd. So then J.J. Abrams was like, okay, I'm going to make a Star Trek movie out of a Star Wars film. And that's what Force Awakens is. If you really think about it. If you watch his trilogy of Star Trek movies, man, episode 7 feels a lot like part 4. <laughs> just with different characters. In a different galaxy.
1: <laughs> um, and a lot of lens flare.
0: When I was a kid, I used to love lens flare. I thought that shit was so fucking cool.
1: I'll say, <laughs> the the saving the saving grace about why I would watch The Last Jedi again is because of the cinematography. Oh, it's gorgeous, and me and you have very very different opinions on it. You know,
0: we've voiced that. I yes. personally love The Last Jedi, because of the fact that Ryan Johnson has just he had a good idea, but I also think that Episode Eight is where Miss Kennedy. And the Disney influence is most visible. Yes. It's anti-war. It's anti-this. It's anti-that. It's anti-Star Wars. It's anti-fans. It's anti-Abrams. It's anti-The Force Awakens. It's anti-everything. The Last Jedi hates everything.
1: Hmm?
0: And it almost hates itself. I feel and you. that's the bad part about it. As a movie, if you just... Look past some of that and look at the acting, which is generally just good in all three movies. The general, the acting is great.
1: Well, I mean, Adam Driver is the saving aspect oh my for God. that entire season. He's the only
0: character that gets a thorough plot line of character development in all three movies, mm-hmm. if you pay attention, because Finn was Ryan Johnson did Finn great in Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. He did Ray very very well in Episode Eight, and he did Kylo Ren. Very good. He did those three characters so good. And those were three of the main those are the three main characters. Honestly. Mm. And then Abrams was just like, okay, you know, Finn's not that important. Under the under the rug. Ray, Kylo. Main characters. Kylo,
1: still great. Somehow he didn't bottle Kylo.
0: Somehow they didn't drop Kylo. And I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened there, but, but thank that, God.
1: <laughs> but, that, but that proved they had the ability to write a cohesive right. and good through line. Right. Because Kylo Ren's character arc was incredibly well it, done. And it's so interesting the whole yes. way
0: through. And he's believable. Yes. He's believable the whole way. Even the whole him and, him and her relationship weird thing at the end. It's believable on his part. Because he was the only thing... Helping her move on, and you know, and the, I, I, I don't know it was just it he was he was done great, and I don't hate Ray as much as everybody else does. I hate her treatment in episode nine. It's like we keep saying episode nine ruined a lot of the characters because episode nine was just like okay, she's now a Mary Sue, she's now a Mary Sue because she has to be, but here's the reasons why she is because we don't want you to think she's a Mary Sue. So she's Palpatine's granddaughter, when Palpatine has no reason being here. But it's fine because it's always been about Skywalkers and Palpatines. The fuck? Since when? It was about generational, generations pushing through adversity and becoming something greater. And those are like, that's a very poor quote, but that's George
1: Lucas himself. He said that. It's about the sins of the father not being passed on to the sons. Exactly. It has nothing to do with... And that's not even a... Skywalkers versus
0: the Palpatine. Like, what? (laughs) No. Palpatine was just the bad
1: guy. No, Palpatine wasn't even the bad guy. No. He was... (laughs) He was a springboard for Anakin to become Darth Vader. And he was a springboard to give Vader a reason not to... To turn back to the light when he realized his son survived. So that Luke could turn him back. Yes. Like, Palpatine's entire function was to turn Vader... Plot piece. Yeah, he's just a plot piece. He's not the antagonist. No, he was the plot piece. Vader is the antagonist of the original trilogy. He's the bad guy. And Anakin is the antagonist of the fucking prequels. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. You just see how he becomes the main antagonist. Anakin's of just, always been the villain, but he wasn't wrong. No. And so like Rise of Skywalker ruined everything because like instead of because like especially in the last part because the through line of Rey's story was figuring out who she is. Yep. Like that was that was the through line. Like I'm a nobody from a nowhere exactly. world. I would like to know who I am. And if she
0: would have just said, "I'm Ray," great, I would have been like, "Okay, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that." Because like now, even though you? even Ray. though this family adopted her, just, just Ray. Ray, chills straight up. <laughs> I just got chills just then because like, thinking about how because that's it wouldn't have shit all over Ryan Johnson's view, and it wouldn't have shit all over. George Lucas's view because if you remember Anakin and Luke both were nobody farm boys they were they were not important nope their name didn't mean shit for dick in the galaxy to them they didn't know that Tatooine's a backwater planet that nobody gives a fuck about except for fucking Disney (laughs) Hmm. how often do we go to do do we go to Tatooine in the original trilogy and the prequels oh like twice you know how much we're on desert planets now all the time. In the sequel trilogy We got Jakku For like an entire fucking movie For the first hour of it For the first hour And then we go back to Tatooine Just so that we can have our ba- binary sunset To have the Worst fucking scene In all of Star Wars worse than Jar Jar yes. Worse than
1: Anakin you're breaking my heart Worse. Then Natalie Portman overacted the fuck out of that. She did, and, and like that's what. And made, that's what's bad. She's a great actress, but she just overacted she just the fuck like, out of it. You and like, I don't know heart? if it was the direction. You turned her against me. You did that yourself. <laughs> like that whole movie is a soap. It is a fucking
0: soap opera. <laughs> and is. George Lucas admits it's a family soap opera, and I'm like. You're right, (laughs) and that's what everyone needs to understand. These movies, they're not supposed to be happy-go-lucky, goofy Marvel movies. No, they're supposed to be taken pretty seriously,
1: intergalactic family soap operas. But like, that's what Lucas wanted. If literally she would not have done the whole Skywalker thing, right? Ray Ray who? Just Just Ray. I'd have been like,
0: you know what? Maybe this movie
1: isn't so shit. The rest of it's pretty bad, but well, at least like, they nailed the ending. She finds out who she is, but like just with that change at the end. Right. It 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 her arc completes at a point of she realizes she doesn't need to be from a famous family. Exactly. Or she doesn't need to be anything special right. to be important. Because Because
0: Abrams, her character work in that third movie, in that episode nine, shits on everything that came before and on all her development for the first two movies. Because in the first movie, she wonders who her parents are. In the second movie, she finds out that her parents didn't matter. They were nobodies. So she's like, okay, I have to make my own way. She becomes a stronger character because of it, only to have her character degraded again. And then learn that she's a Palpatine for some sort of inter struggle when she already had inner struggle by being a nobody knowing that her parents were dead never coming home that was the inner struggle how can i rise up to the occasion of someone who is a direct descendant of a skywalker lineage whose grandfather was one of the most powerful sith users and force users ever and one of the most celebrated Jedi Swordsman. Knights one of most swordsmen celebrated swordsmen in existence. And then whose uncle is one of the most powerful Jedi Masters ever who single-handedly rebuilt the Jedi Order from scratch.
1: And whose father is like one of the greatest smugglers of... And turned rebel general. And whose mother is the actual general of the
0: Rebellion. How do I adverse to that when I'm Nobody. And that's inspirational. Yes. That's incredible. Not I'm hey. I'm emperor Palpatine near my granddaughter. That's why you're powerful. Okay, sure. I'll buy. That's fine. I get it. I don't like it, but I'll buy.
1: But I understand why you felt you had to do that.
0: Right. I don't agree, but I get it.
1: But then <laughs> It completely ruins the character arc that she was on. Because she could have just rejected
0: that shit and said, just because I have your DNA does not mean I'm yours. Who are you? I'm Ray.
1: Ray who? Just Ray. And it would have been a lot better because of it.
0: Because then it would have... Her character. It's all about the character.
1: Well, then her character would have made sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Even if I didn't, and it's like, like I just said, even if I don't like some of the decisions that they made, at least her character would not have been just mutilated. Yeah. Because now the fans don't want to see her come back. No. And that sucks for Daisy Ridley because she did an incredible job. She did the best with what she got. I mean. She did good. She was one of the best actors in that entire movie. Absolutely. And her and Kylo Ren in the whole Last Jedi when they were just back and forth all the time. Wonderful. They're what kept me interested. And all Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, they're what kept me interested. They were great. Mm. Wonderful. They had great on-screen on screen chemistry. They played off of each other well. They were great. Loved it. They were the strong points. And now the fan base is so volatile against her that she'll probably won't come back. And they've probably written Rey out of the story. If she does come back, I'll be so surprised.
1: I'll be so surprised.
0: hmm because now, but I you think know, the
1: only way that they can move forward with anything like genuine is to keep Ray in the story. Absolutely, because, because she's important now. Well, they made those those decisions. <laughs> yeah, like she's important now, Like it or not, fan base. She's fucking important now. You you've made these decisions, and now you have to live with them. Yep. And that's why the fact
0: that Kathleen Kennedy said that uh, all things now are going to take place, sequel era and post sequel era. You know that makes me feel better about maybe maybe they're like, okay, the fans didn't like that so we gotta fix it but I think we can do it we just gotta work because that's all I got to do is put in a little work put a little bit of elbow grease in there put a little ass in it mm-hmm. and it'll and it'll fix itself and if the fans would stop being such shit dicks <laughs> and just appreciate when we have good stuff like we finally got. We're finally getting Ewan McGregor back. As Obi-Wan. After years. We finally got Hayden Christensen back. As Anakin Invader After years. Be happy. They're doing a pretty original story. Inquisitors are now in the canon of the Star Wars universe again. Be happy. Darth Maul survived darth maul survived it is it, confirmed because it was in the clone wars show yes and
1: it was also in a uh, solo yeah and it was in solo be happy like your favorite parts of the extra canon have been have been made canon again yeah like everybody's favorite parts of it have thrawn been, admiral thrawn
0: yes he's canon Yes, it's happened. There's Yes, there's the new Thrawn trilogy of books, but he was also mentioned in Mandalorian Season 2 because Ahsoka's hunting him down. We're getting an Ahsoka TV show. She's probably hunting Thrawn down. And you know they're bringing Ezra from Rebels and a bunch of those characters into the Ahsoka series so we get live-action characters of them? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. We've still got Mando Season 3 coming out. Rad. We've got an Andor show who Cassian from Rogue, Rogue One, didn't think anyone really cared about him. He was like a one-off character. But Andor is taking place before Rogue One. Genuinely pretty excited about that. I mean, I was I genuinely enjoyed Rogue One. I
1: love Rogue One. I think it's one of the best Star Wars films we've ever gotten.
0: Yeah. If not arguably the
1: best. I loved Solo with the exception of fucking SJW Solo. bot. Yeah. I like love with Solo. With the exception of SJW bot. With I with the exception Solo. of the Disney bullshit. Yes. Yes. I I thought
0: that I thought the kid that played fucking Han was great. Mm -hmm. I thought that uh, Glover as Lando Lando was had no reason being as perfect as it was. The perfect casting, absolutely. And uh, seeing Amelia Clark in a Star Wars movie was something I never knew I needed. Yeah, but Woody Harrelson did good. (laughs) Uh, It was just, it was a good film, straight up. It was a good movie, and it was a good Star Wars, and it was fun. It was a good Star Wars film despite its flaws. It was fun. And that was what was sorely missing from Star Wars for a while. Was fun. Because the bad thing about it was that seven and eight tried so they were Disney was trying so hard to Disney fy them and to make them marvel that they forgot the fact that Star Wars is still Star Wars.
1: Well and also they were really they were Ham fisting comedy into that movie When the comedy came from the interaction From the characters It came from from Han Solo being Han Being the aloof kind of idiot And being like
0: Hold on Like it I don't need to hear I've got a bad feeling about this From every other character I know Han said it Han said it and I liked it when Han said it I don't need him to say it again when he's like 60 years old
1: well, I mean, I don't really it's become a trope of Star Wars. It's become a trope, and that's the bad thing. Star Wars has become so trope-heavy when it was already tropey at first. I have a bad feeling about this is the one that I don't mind. I, I don't mind it when he says it. I don't mind it when anybody says it. But, like... Because, like, it's just become... It, it's, it's a little inner joke. It's a little inside it joke. It is. It's an inner joke for the people who... Right. Who give a shit, who care. Yeah, It's like the Wilhelm scream. Right. How like, when it's there, you're just like, ah, <laughs> I get it.
0: I said the thing. I get it. He did it. He did the thing. Yeah. Or you know, like it, it, I don't know. That's that's a bad. That's a very poor reason or a poor example. But you know what I'm saying? Like when Star Wars has gotten too self
1: referential. Yes, that is something I will agree with. Star Wars, like, Star Wars has, Wars Wars gotten, has too gotten too self referential, and it needs. Because when you rewatch
0: Force Awakens, it is just references and references and references and references. And characters and nostalgia. And you don't catch it the first time you watch it because you were just hype about Star Wars. It's 2015. We had not had a Star Wars movie in a long time. It had been 10 years. Me and... and, and, Were you with us?
1: No. Did you go? No. It was me, Joel, and
0: Preston. And we were so fucking excited. We had a countdown on the computer at the shop for that day. We got off work... We went and ate. And then we went to the fucking theater. And we watched it. And we all sat there, screamed and cried and hollered like little 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 baby boys. We're just like, And it was great. Incredible. We loved it. Then when it came out on Blu-ray, I got it. I went home, watched again. And then I said, okay, I want to see how it fits into the whole thing. So I watched all of them. And watched that one. And I was like, man, this movie feels awful fucking familiar now. Huh. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Part eight comes out, or Rogue One comes out. Watch Rogue One. Rogue One was good. Loved it. Great. Rogue Chef's One is kiss. probably one
1: of the best Star Wars
0: movies to come out in a long. Incredible. Loved every it's bit. Probably
1: of it. one of the best ones since the prequel. Absolutely. Since, not the prequels. The, uh, since the the original. Since
0: the original trilogy. Absolutely. I think that it's it's just one of the best Star Wars movies we have. Arguably the best. If someone says,
1: if I say, well, it is definitely the What's first. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? And they say Rogue One. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And it's the first time we really get to see Vader actually being a badass, too.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was for, like, five seconds.
1: But it, and it was, was fucking rad. But I'm like, <laughs> I understand why the whole galaxy's terrified of him. Hell, like, yeah.
0: That shit's scary as fuck. Just, because, without, because without, like, the supplementary material, we haven't got to see very much Vader doing Vader shit. Because we just hear all this scary shit about him. we're like, how did you, like, we know why Anakin was, was so good. But we
1: haven't seen Vader do Vader shit. Until Rogue One. And well Vader should be even better than Anakin because Bionic like Bionic stuff is going to be faster. Right, because that he's
0: got Sith now, so he's not he's on the dark side now, so he doesn't care about holding back. The women and the children too, fuck them. Younglings, <laughs> should've stayed in the sack, homie. Like, shit's bad. Like he's Have one you of the played powerful- Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, a little bit of it. Wait. You mind if I spoil the ending? No. Okay, it's not really the ending. Vader is the final boss. I don't doubt it. And you cannot beat him. It is impossible. You have to run. And it's terrifying. I have never actually been afraid of Vader. Even as a kid, I was like, you're just so fucking cool. Nah. When Kel Kestis, when he pops out and just fucking kills a character, and then he's just standing there. And he holds up his hand and Cows is like, "Ah!" takes off fucking darting. And you just see a life bar pop up, and it just says, fucking run. And I'm just like, oh my god. (laughs) And then I take off fucking getting it. Because I can't fight this motherfucker. I'm just a little bitch. And he is the Sith Lord.
1: Like, the greater galaxy doesn't really know about Palpatine. The only person they ever see is Vader. Vader is Vader. Like, he's it. That's that. that. This is the granddaddy of, oh shit.
0: Run. Cue the soundtrack. Cue the
1: Benny Hill <laughs> Throw soundtrack. Throw in my
0: AWOL Nation, and I'm about to run. <laughs> Cue in the uh, Benny Hill music? Yeah. Like, I took off fucking getting it and i was like and that made the whole game worth it i was really lukewarm on the game most of the time i was like man the person-to-person combat great i hate fighting creatures that's shit the explorations great story was okay as soon as i got to that i was like damn this is almost worth playing just for this five minutes because it made vader scary and you know what i thought about rogue one i immediately was like nah, it's like the hallway scene it's like the hallway scene in rogue one because as soon as you see that lightsaber ignite and you're just like oh And then you see the hallway. You're like, I know this hallway. I know this hallway.
1: I don't have the the other end of the hallway. The little
0: kid in you kicks in because the very first time you're seeing episode four. And you're like, I know this hallway. This seems vaguely familiar. And then and you're like, oh, shit. A lot of people are about to fucking bite it. And be like, y'all need to run, homie. (laughs) Like, y'all are are done. (laughs) And then everyone dies. He wipes everybody. And I'm just like, man. Episode 8 comes out. And Episode 8, everybody was the same way. They were riding the high of new Star Wars. And that first day it's pretty positive. The next day, suddenly fans were like, hey yo, this movie was kind of shit. Critics were just like, oh, the movie's incredible. Because critics. <laughs> and then you had, then, and then suddenly it just shifted and you had either fans that really liked it or hated it. There was no middle ground. Like, most people either hated it or loved it. Now, it's kind of like, okay, it's it's fine, I guess. It fits. It's whatever. It's not as bad as Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Everyone can agree that it's not as bad as Rise of Skywalker. But it's not great. Unless you're the people like me who like, I look past all the weird bullshit. I think it's a good movie.
1: The funniest part about Rise of Skywalker is when the memes happened. We're like... Oh my God kylo ren yeah there was lightsaber and then grievous is like another to my collection <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like that is the best thing that rise yeah. of skywalker gave us though like the movie itself was just so lackluster it was boring it was it looked good yes it looked great it's pretty hmm? it's not
0: as pretty as last jedi
1: and there are some really 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 cool scenes hell yeah there's some like, good shots like the fleet of star destroyers rising up which doesn't
0: make any fucking sense but still my little goopy goblin brain was like that's cool the imperial navy like me being a sith fan i was like
1: hey yo the the galaxy's fucked bro the galaxy's fucked y'all are done and then a mary sue (laughs) on a tauntaun stopped it all
0: (laughs) in the original script that was supposed to be finn's sister In the original script for that movie, "The Duel of the Fates," when it was still "Duel of the Fates" and not "Rise of Fucking Skywalker," because that was not an original plot point. That was Finn's sister, and they were clone. They were uh, clone troopers or imperial troopers who were uh, disbanded to work on a planet on a mill on an industrial planet because they did not follow orders correctly. They were defects like Finn, so Finn led his own uprising. Of basically decommissioned Imperial troopers to complete his character arc as a rebel scum. Damn. And instead, we got fucking horses. Space horses.
1: I fucking hate Star Wars. <laughs> and
0: that's. And that. that there, therein lies the issue. You cannot love Star Wars. Without hating it. Because I can still put in any Star Wars movie and have fun. But as soon as I finish, I I watch through the whole series once a year now. I always have. I've always watched through all six of them. And then when they started making more, I watch them all once a year. It's just like Lord of the Rings. It's just like Harry Potter. It's one of those things that you just do. I just do it. Every
1: year. I haven't watched Lord of the Rings in years. Me
0: and Zach were watching through it. Because he'd never seen them, so I was watching. I haven't them. watched them in years. You should definitely retry them. You should definitely rewatch them. They still they still hold up. Still the best trilogy ever made, 100. And I watch those movies once a year, but every single time I get to nine, I'm like, man, I might just want. Them. I could just leave it at eight. I could just leave it at eight. Eight has a decent ending. I could just leave it at eight. Eight's ending is at least conclusive enough to make sense. I could just leave it there We can just have Kylo Ren be the supreme commander And him And and <laughs> Him and Ray just fight forever We can just leave it there But instead I'm left with Rey Fucking Skywalker And I just get upset Well
1: you know what the problem was And the reason why we had to get Rey Skywalker Because they had to explain Snoke But,
0: Duel of the Fates did. He was still a clone, like he was still a clone. But see, so in Duel of the Fates, and I'll if I if I when I will look it up again and see if I can't find it for you. But in Duel of the Fates, there was an old like seven thousand year old Sith Lord that trained Plagueis, that they that uh Kylo went awakened. So he was the bad guy.
1: Well, that's the thing, though. Like, when when The Force Awakens came out Mm -hmm. and we saw Snoke, everybody's like... Oh, he's Plagueis. Are are we going to get Plagueis? Yeah. Oh, that's Plagueis. That has to have something to do with Plagueis. Maybe he's
0: a a clone of Plagueis. Something like that.
1: Well, it has to be, because, like, there's always the rule of two. Yep. And Palpatine's dead. Right. And so, like, who trained Kylo? There has to be a Sith Lord. Right. Right. We wouldn't. They wouldn't ignore the fact that there's not a second Sith Lord, right? If it's not something that we already know about, right? Unless it's something that, that- or unless they were trying
0: to dismantle what the Sith Order was. See, what I thought would have been good, when we've discussed this before too, Kylo kills him in the second movie. Snoke's dead. Perfect. I I loved that. I was like, oh, this is good. This is him striking out against what the Sith Order was and saying, no, fuck the rule of two, it's just me.
1: No, 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 no. And then no. him saying, I'm no, no, the no, no, master no, 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 now, no, no, I'm going to no, no. do my thing. No, 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 no. Even better, mm-hmm. not fuck the rule of two, I'm the master now, exactly. Ray, you're my apprentice. they like, Ray, come on. And then it would have made more sense, because that's what he wanted. And then Finn mm-hmm. gets to be the hero that he should have been from Absolutely. the start. Absolutely, Because Finn should have been the hero. Absolutely. And then... B- by you know
0: and we still get han and leia force ghost that talk to him that talked to uh, because the original duel faith storyline had ray die and had kylo still give his for- his life force up for her to be saved because his mother was like hey you're wrong and he's like damn you're right so it still makes it
1: and it makes more sense
0: and I well, still hate
1: it, but it makes more sense. The part where I was I knew this. Well, I, I mean We've discussed this before, but with the part yeah. where I knew the sequel trilogy was going to be a shit show was the fucking, fucking worm. No, Mary fucking Poppins. <laughs> that is that is the It moment. would have been
0: perfect. Yep. For his
1: character development for her to die there. Yep, because
0: then we would have had Force Ghost of Han and Leia in the in the third movie. That could have constantly come to him and been like his little conscience. been Like, stop doing this. You're better than this. Ben, you are my son. And that would have been way more believable than his dad just suddenly coming up to him on the middle of a fucking down Star Destroyer. And he's just like, what are you doing, boy? (laughs) (laughs) And even it would have been because he could not kill her. That scene happens. He did not shoot her. Another trooper did. And he was fucking mad about it. That right there shows... Oh, okay. He still had some good. But then... It's undone. Because she clips. They should have killed Chewie in episode 9. Because that would have been... A punishment... For Ray losing control. But instead... Two minutes later... He's fucking back. Finn... Should have died... In episode 8... If you were just gonna ruin his fucking character... In episode 9. Because that would have been... A, it would have been... A, a consequences... For her, not doing what she should have done, there's zero consequences in this trilogy.
1: Yes, zero. For the anybody. only
0: consequence that happened was Han died.
1: No, the only consequence that happened outside of Han dying was Kylo giving up his life yep. to save her. That's it. And that is, and that
0: was still a choice by him.
1: That was his choice. Exactly. It wasn't a consequence of his nope. actions. It was his choice. Yep. That was a con- that what
0: it was technically a consequence of his actions, but he. He was like, "No, I've done so much bad. This is the only good I can left. I'm, I have left to do." Yep. Boom. Beautiful character arc. Yep. Accidental, but beautiful character arc. I don't know how he had such complete. I character don't know. Arc. I don't know. He's the he is the redemption, the saving grace of that trilogy. I watch it for him, mm-hmm. and that's why I stand by the fact I love Kylo Ren. Well, I want. I would like a Kylo Ren story. I want a solo Kylo Ren show. Or a movie, or something. Show me the Knights of Ren and him in action.
1: Yeah, like show me why he should have been terrified. Absolutely, because
0: he was scary in the first, in the uh, the cold open of Rise of Skywalker when he's just mowing
1: through the people on Mustafar. That shit was scary. I'm like hell yeah, look at you, doing all this fucking and then shit, stopping a fucking blaster bolt with his hand. That's <laughs> it like- in episode seven. That's like one of the coolest things ever. Like the first
0: 10 minutes. Yeah, And that was before he had taken his helmet off, before we saw Adam Driver. That was when it was just him in a mask. And I'm like, ooh, what is dude? And his lightsaber was so cool. And he was just rad because I'm like, he's got cross guards. The thing looks unstable.
1: And, <laughs> and like an unstable blade. like which had been a, Well, which had been a concept in like the custom lightsaber community mm-hmm. for like 10 years. Absolutely. But like it had never been in a Star Wars movie. Nope. And, like, they did that, and it's like, oh. And I like the fact that it was was
0: almost a metaphor for his unstable belief in the Sith way, and it was just... Kylo Ren was perfect. Accidentally, but he was. Which just shows that they could have done well, but they fucking didn't. And it's upsetting. You're correct. And I hate it but it's okay because at the end of the day we still love Star Wars and that's why we're so angry about it sometimes because we do love Star Wars genuinely. Yes. It's one of my favorite things ever.
1: It is. It's one of my favorite things ever. And all I want is good Star Wars. Yes. All I want I don't even want I don't even I don't even need magnificent no, or masterpiece Star Wars.
0: I just need Star Wars. I just need
1: a Star Wars with a comprehensive story yep. that's fun to watch.
0: That just as long as it's entertaining on my second, third and fourth watches because any Star Wars movie's fun the first time. Yep. I can sit down and turn my brain off and be a little kid for that two, three hours. Yep. But the second, third, fourth, fifth onward, I'm just like, Oh. I have not watched Rise of Skywalker again since the first time I watched it.
1: That was the f- that was the first time a Star Wars movie has completely disappointed me to the point where, Absolutely. I, where I did not want to watch it. Because
0: you the- even you do not like episode eight, but there's still some things in there that there, you can there watch. There are some things like in that the movie. throne
1: room fight is you can watch the movie for that alone. Well, not only that, but like <laughs> The entire sequence of like the second half of that movie, absolutely, is brilliant. As soon as they get past the casino, the casino
0: is the break point in that movie. Yes. if you can make it past the casino, the rest of that movie is so fucking. Good.
1: Everything before that, before the casino, hit or miss is okay. It's hit or miss. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: can either you either okay, I get it, or you're just like, why the fuck is this here? But after the casino, that movie is a mile a minute, and it's busy, and it's pretty, and it's fucking great. It is it is some of the best Star Wars can get.
1: It is. With the exception of like some of the big problems that I have with that second half, like the real pandering of identity politics inside of it. Absolutely. And that's just the Disney bullshit. Yeah, the Disney bullshit with it. But like, I don't know, the attack on the base with the white with the white ash and the red Uh, sand underneath it. The fucking visuals. uh, The fucking strike
0: protocol ship through the fucking
1: Ah, by the worst character in all of Star Wars. Well, like, okay. So, like, I love that scene. So we've, good. We've discussed that. Fuck. It completely ruined Star Wars. Absolutely. Makes no fucking sense. Well, no, it completely ruined Star Wars because, like, why haven't we just been doing this to start with?
0: But damn it wasn't it pretty.
1: <laughs> but oh my God.
0: But damn it wasn't pretty.
1: Why'd you have to make me love something I hate conceptually? That was the
0: part of the movie when I'm like, Wow!
1: <laughs> like that the first time I saw that scene I had to pick my fucking jaw off the floor. Oh yeah. Cuz I'm and like
0: every time I the, watch it now I'm every every still time like s-
1: that's so fucking pretty. <sighs> Who came up with this? I should kiss you. Like this and is then so also good. kill you. Yeah. Because you
0: like, ruined fuck you for breaking the rules of Star Wars. Everything that we've known for literally my entire life uh, is just gone. Uh, yep. But god bless you for giving us literally one of the single greatest scenes ever. I don't know how to feel. <laughs>
1: that's just fucking...
0: You know. <laughs> uh, but it's okay, because I will have Kenobi... Well, Kenobi's coming out episodically. It's coming out weekly. So when it, when it wraps up, that's when we'll talk about it, actually. Um, so we'll talk about Kenobi eventually.
1: I'm going to watch it.
0: When it's all finished, we can talk about it. And that I'm way we can I, give I'm him, going to watch yeah. it. Because it's, it's Kenobi. It's Ewan McGregor.
1: I'm like... Kenobi!
0: Like, come on, man. This is so good. And it's Hayden. Hayden's back.
1: In a much more mature role where he knows, yeah. what, he, where he knows what he's doing. Right. Oh, I'm so excited. And, like, it's going to be good. I hope it is. I think it's going to be good. I really hope, I hope it, it, is. it is. And I'll be able to
0: talk a little bit about
1: Stranger Things volume, Season 4 Volume 1.
0: Because I'm excited about it. I know you don't really care.
1: I've, I've tried to watch Stranger Things multiple yeah. times.
0: I know. I know,
1: and, it's and just every really your thing. and I, every single time I do, mm-hmm. the thought in my head is, "Why are these characters fucking insufferable?" But the, and and it's because they're children. Yes, and it makes sense. Yes, but they're fucking insufferable. How far me. have you gotten? I watched like five or six episodes. Okay, like I've watched. I've gave it the college fucking. But trial. you have not gotten to the actual
0: them getting older. Yeah, no, because they do get older. They grow up in each season, of course.
1: Well, like they now they're to. in
0: they're in high school in season four. I mean, they would have to, right? But they're like, in high school, and like you know, they're actually young adults now. They're they are you know in their late teens, and they're all existing, doing that. So it it is. I mean, like it's a but it's a coming of age story. And me being a Stephen King fan, and you know Stephen King being my favorite author. When I see a coming-of-age story with heavy Stephen King influences and references, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Touch my wiener a little more, Ooh. and this show does that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I can understand why you wouldn't like it, because a lot of people are like, and and it was really, really hyped. I think it deserves the hype it got, but it's very hyped, and I can understand right. why I could care less about right, that. Right. Right. Like I'll watch anything.
1: Like yeah. Like I'll. I'll- I'll give things a try. I don't care if they're hyped or not. I'm right. not going to pay attention to the hype because I don't want my expectations to exactly. go. Exactly. However, like, so I decided this past week to f- finally sit down and watch Comey can't communicate because okay. that is a show that's like you know enough about it to know like ah that's probably right up your alley. Right. And like, it was genuinely better than I expected it to be. Okay. Good. Which I expected to be good. Right. And I expected to enjoy it, but it was better than I expected it to be. And like in a genuine way, like the main the main character doesn't talk pretty much at all. Okay. Like she says a couple things, but like, for the most part, doesn't say much. But the moment she does say something is very special. Right. And so like the story is just her trying to fulfill the dream that she's had ever since she first went to school. Right. And that's to make a hundred friends. Okay. That's the only goal. But she is so socially anxious that she physically cannot talk to people. Oh, so you be relating hard to this bullshit. Sometimes. (laughs) But, like, physically cannot force herself to speak. Right. And so, like, the opening of the show says pretty much every single episode, people with extreme social anxiety struggle to form connections with others. It right. does not mean that they don't want to. Right, absolutely. And so, like, in the first episode, she gets sat next to a to a boy, and, like, some things happen, and they, like, interact with each other in a silent way in class. And then afterwards, like, she writes in her notebook, like, a note to him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they start communicating back and forth that way. And, like, in the first episode, like, they're in the classroom alone, and, like, she's just talking by writing. And, like they get to understand each other and like throughout the show that he like just starts being able to read her emotions Mm -hmm. and like tell what's going on. Like he can always see what she's thinking because like he just understands her after this and he's like, all right, well then I will help you with your goal. Like what what is your dream? I want to make a hundred friends. Right. That's it. (laughs) That's all. That's all. Well, I'll be number one. And then like, one of his close friends is number two and then like it gains and like I have a major problem with the show and that's that one of the people she gets into her entourage by the end of it is super fucking annoying to me Mm -hmm. like I mm, (laughs) she's she's seen as the goddess of their class basically oh okay like Oh my God! It's the fucking queen of the cl- like. Right. She's the queen are, of the castle type shit. People are obsessed with her. Right. And they don't realize the reason why she doesn't speak to people is because she's socially anxious. They think it's because she, she thinks. Does, yeah. She, she thinks, thinks she's, she's better than everyone. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, like, she is the actual like object of everybody's infatuation, and every single time they do something like that, she gets so fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's realistic. That's fairly realistic. Right, for sure. Because, like, there's a lot of people who are popular not because they want to be.
0: Yeah, by accident.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And, like, that's her entire M.O. Mm -hmm. But she's silent. And so, like, one specific character is extremely obsessed with her to the point that she kidnaps the main guy because... He's too close with her, and she's jealous. (laughs) And in her room, there are secret pictures she has taken of Comey. Okay. Like his, yeah. Like she is stalker level fucking obsessed. Yeah. And it's it's kind of annoying because like she she thinks she's more important than she actually is, and then gets super fucking butt hurt and jealous anytime things don't go her way. And right. it's just annoying to me. Like, right. one of the right. last episodes is they have a... they have a Christmas party. And so, like... You've watched all this? Yeah. Or all that's out? All that's out. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's only gonna be 17 episodes. There hasn't been a new one in a while. Or, less, or at least I don't think there's been one in a while. Right. Um, there might be. It comes out on Wednesdays. I'll check okay. this Wednesday to see if there's an 18th episode. For anyway. It. But, like... They're at the Christmas party, and it's Todano's idea, which is the main guy. Right. It's his idea to do this. He's like, I really want to see her over winter break. Mm -hmm. Her birthday's on fucking, her her birthday's on uh, Christmas. Well, it's the 24th. I want to go spend Christmas Eve with her. Okay, I'm going to call friend, who's the outgoing one, that will be willing to just set this plan up. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna go spend her like spend Christmas Eve with her as like a celebration of her birthday because she's literally never had friends until him, and so like he's right. setting this whole thing up. And so they go to the mall and they're like gift competition. Whoever, uh, whoever, whichever gift Comey likes the most is going to be the winner of this one. Yada yada yada. Gotcha. And so everybody goes and gets gifts based on like what they would want or like what they think, like what would be. Not beneficial but like what would what they believe that she wants from them right and so like the stalker when like looks at a dress or something like something to dress her up in so she can look at it and like there's one that wants to basically be like a pet and so she gets like a dog collar a leash and a bowl and like <laughs> it's stuff like that but everybody is like so worried about like their idea right and he's just like, I found this giant fucking stuffed cat. She loves cats. <laughs> yeah. It's too expensive for me to buy ourselves. So how about we just all chip in and get it as a as a group gift? Okay. And so they get her this like literally like five and a half foot tall fucking stuffed black cat. Mm. And like everybody thinks she doesn't like it. And he's like, She fucking loves it. She doesn't know how to respond right, right. now. And so like this whole thing happens and like everybody's picking places to sit. And so, Tanino just sits outside of the circle because like they have left one spot for Comey inside of the circle, and he just sits outside of it, and then she sits next to him. Aww. And so like. And of course, your little goopy goblin heart just goes, "Oh, <gasps> well." And then like, <laughs> stalker girl gets jealous. This person gets jealous, like right. because they have their Things own. happen. They have their own preconceived notions of like, 100 what she should or, or who she should focus on. Right. Right. And like. It's obvious that she likes him, she just can't tell him anything, because he's the first person to, like, try to even understand her. Right. And so, late after everybody goes home, she sends everybody a thank you email, because, like, she can write to people, so she sends everybody thank you. So much.
0: So, it's... That's how she kind of like communicates. really. Yeah, writing. It's not text. that she can't
1: speak; it's just she's so. But even then, she's nervous to text. Right, people, but she's like so it's nervous. a small enough step that she can do. Okay, it. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so, like, she texts everybody, "Thank you," and then it cuts back to her, and she's literally laying there with the cat on top of her. Just, <laughs> the big one that they yeah, bought. <laughs> just in bed, just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's some real shit. I'm like, that's pure. That's adorable. Fuck. And then, like on the episode continues because like that's just the first half of the half of the episode Mm -hmm. and then it's christmas and it snowed and so they go over and they're building snowmen and having a snowball fight and like they're doing fun things yeah and like with the other people not involved and it's just i mean it's just her right and so it's a really really nice story about like understanding someone
0: yeah that's cool
1: and I think you would enjoy it because you like fucking dress up, darling. It's a very similar type, T- of, type of vein.
0: I need to finish it. I still never did finish it. Oh my god. Did you? I didn't watch the last
1: couple episodes. I need to watch them. Hotel. Hotel. Does that ring a bell for you with that show at all? Hotel. No. Go watch it.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: No. Yeah. You don't fucking
0: understand. Is that the scene where they're taking the pictures?
1: I mean, there's plenty of scenes where they're taking pictures. Not,
0: like, on, on the bed? Yes. Okay, I've seen that scene because TikTok ruined it. But, like, yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. I need to watch it in context, though.
1: So much tension. Yeah, That's when you're like, just do it already! God, fuck! <laughs> that was a... As a viewer... That was more tense than most horror movies I've ever watched. <laughs> it was tense. Yeah. Like, you could... Mm, the you way could, it was... The put, tension was palpable. You could cut it with a knife. Yes. It was... <laughs> it was... It was almost visible. Yeah. Like, it was... It was
0: tight. You're like, this shit's intense and I fucking hate it. <laughs> That's funny. My
1: very, uh... My very wholesome show became very not wholesome very fast. <laughs> And I'm like, I a, understand. this
0: shit's spicy! Oh my god!
1: Okay, mm. I right. and then they split. Okay, good.
0: Whew, I thought my beautiful, perfect boy and wonderful, wonderful.
1: No, I just thought it was <laughs> going to actually take a serious turn. And I was like, okay, yeah. well, I, I'm I'm okay with this, but like that, <laughs> the just the overall tension of that moment was right. like masterfully crafted. Right, right. And so, like, sure. it's something that you you need to watch. Hell yeah
0: no we're gonna take a minute for our commercial our uh our one ad our daily smoke break yep and we'll be right back um so brody earlier i uh i went i I stated that i went and saw top gun maverick yesterday Mm -hmm.
1: full pause
0: full pause whole pause full
1: stop before you get into that, I have an actual question that I just read and I want to pose to you because. Okay. It made me think because I'm like, eh, that's pretty fucking true. Alright. Why? Why? In pretty much every single scenario. Okay. Is the protagonist corruption arc better than the villain redemption arc?
0: Because we love seeing heroes fall.
1: I don't think that's the case. That, that is America. I, I don't think that's the case. Okay.
0: Explain yourself.
1: I think it's because we subconsciously think, ha, you're not perfect. That's what I'm saying. We love seeing the good guy fall. Yeah, no, it's not necessarily seeing the good guy fall. We like seeing people fail so we don't, like people in general fail so we don't feel as bad about our own failures.
0: True. Okay. I can, I can, I can feel that. Where did? What made you think of this?
1: like i said i just read it
0: oh for real yeah okay that video that you were just
1: watching or well after that like before we started back like i literally had just read that and i'm like huh that's interesting interesting
0: question you're right because it's true right like 100
1: we much prefer the arc of a show where the protagonist becomes evil versus the antagonist becoming good
0: perfection is boring Everyone likes to see a character with flaws.
1: Why are you wasting so much tape on that Shut
0: box? up. It's Okay, this is my book box. I carry hardbacks in this so they don't get damaged in my backpack. Let me do my thing, okay? I don't ask you questions. Fuck. Fuck. Shit. It's all going fucky. <laughs> I don't ask you questions about why you... Is it the point
1: of way. a hardcover for it to be more durable?
0: Yeah, but I just don't... I'm. You know what? Let me live my life, man.
1: Couldn't you just take the jacket off so it
0: didn't get damaged? Oh, no, I do. I still don't want to get damaged. Anyway. So, we saw Top Gun last night. Okay. We've never actually talked about Top Gun at all. How are your feelings on the original Top Gun? Is it just you know? It's a passing movie that you watched when you were younger, and you're like, okay,
1: it's fine, but eh. I was or, bored. Really? You didn't like it? Honestly, I was bored. Okay. Um. I don't know. Maybe now, if I watched it with being more into like romance stories and stuff like that, like and being more into military stuff. Well, see, that's the problem. I was even into military stuff back then, because like I'm. That's just kind of who I am. Right. But, like, in the same sense of. I fucking hate Titanic. I just want to watch the boat sink. Okay. I hate Top Gun because I just want to see aerial dogfights and they put a romance story in it. Hard. heard. Okay. Okay. Like, I just want to see fighter jets do fighter jet shit. Right. And I have to contend with this romance story interrupting my fighter jets doing fighter jets. Then shit. you might actually like the sequel a lot more. So, Maverick uh, is a direct continuation, but it does
0: take place 30 years later. Um... Pete Maverick Mitchell is still a captain. <laughs> only captain when everyone else around him is, you know, admirals and shit like that because like and he's the most distinguished captain ever. But um he's still a captain because he's just insubordinate and childish. <laughs> um but he's just the the best pilot ever, you know what I mean? Um and this movie it's the It's the perfect amount of nostalgia because, you know, the the difference between this movie and something else is that these are supposed to be real people. These are actual pilots in our modern-day world. So they are going to be nostalgic. So he still has pictures of him and Iceman and him and Goose all the time. And every time he's doing something, he still says, talk to me, Goose. Like, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Stuff like that. He remembers the good old days because he doesn't want them to be gone. The entire point of this movie is letting go. Literally. That's the whole thing. And Miles Teller, his character is Goose's son. So, he's dealing with the fact that, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old movie if you haven't seen Top Gun, but in his head, Maverick killed his father on accident. You know, because he told him to eject, he hit his head, it killed him. And, you know, he was the last person to see his dad alive. That was his, his his that was his backseat pilot, his co-pilot. That was his best friend. Um, and he wanted to be the father that uh he he, he goes by Rooster, his call sign's Rooster in this one. Um, he wanted to be the uh the, the father that Bradley that Rooster never had because his father got taken away really early, and then his mom dies too. Meg Ryan's character I can't remember her name. She died later on. Um, and there's a lot of things to that, but they had a big falling out. Uh, and it's basically, there's the, there's the actual, a plot of the story, which is like a mission that they had to go on. And it's like, it's Maverick's last chance to be anything important to the, to the Navy. Um, and he has to train these new, these newer ACE pilots to do things, to do the hardest mission that a pilot's ever done, basically.
1: And, you know, um. of course, because Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's always the impossible mission. But, I gotta give it to him. I think Tom Cruise
0: is a piece of shit human being. <laughs> Don't like him. He's an idiot. We're not even gonna get into all that. Tom Cruise is a fudge pack. But I think he's a fucking idiot. But the boy's at, he's a great actor. Always has been. And since Mission Impossible 3, 4, 5, and 6 were so fucking good that I'll go see the new one when it comes out. They're incredible because Tom Cruise still
1: does his own stunts at almost 60 years Look, old. I may not like Tom Cruise, Yeah, but I will never take anything away from him. That, Hell man, no. that, that man deserves what he's got.
0: And the reason Top Gun Maverick is, in my opinion, better than the original one is because he said, I will only do this movie if it's real F-18s, real stunts, and these people really learn how to pilot these planes. So they were actually in planes doing these maneuvers. It's all real. Damn. The only thing that is and like they would they like digitally, you know, over some things to make it look cooler in some ways, but all of it's real. And like he swore up and he's like we're not doing this movie unless we do it right. We're doing it real. So all these characters learned how to do this shit. So like any of the cockpit cameras and stuff that you see were actually them in the cockpit of an F-18, flying, Flying. like legit
1: flying. So that makes me actually kind of want to watch exactly. the movie. Exactly.
0: Like, uh, there's one scene at the very beginning which uh, they they flew a real pilot or a real jet, but they like digitally overed it to make it look like a more prototype aircraft that's supposed to be able to push past Mach 10. Or that's supposed to be able to hit Mach 10. And they hit Mach 10 in this fucking movie. And it's so cool. <laughs> but, like, it's a prototype aircraft that can hit Mach 10. That's what the whole thing is. So, of course, that does not
1: exist. No, we've
0: gotten close. Right, we've gotten close. But that exact thing does not exist. So that, of course, is digitally rendered over. But it is a... He was flying a real plane that they made look more futuristic. And Ed Harris's character is in that scene as Admiral Kane or as Director Kane and he's they only had one take of that scene because they blew the set away (laughs) so they had to use the first take which I think is just cool but like Tom Cruise developed the training regime that the other actors went off of to learn how to fly because he's had his pilot's license since the original Top Gun or something like that because he wanted to learn how to fly so that it would be as realistic as possible and now he's just like, nah, we're using real F-18s. And I'm like,
1: that's so cool. How the fuck did you convince the government to let you have I, real F-18s? So, like,
0: my, my brain the whole time in this whole movie is just... Because when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a pilot. I thought I was like, I think that would be the coolest thing, but then I'm way too tall. Yeah. <laughs> and they would not, you know, I would never be able to get in.
1: I mean you could pilot you could pilot a cargo plane, maybe an eight. That's AC-130. about it. Yeah, that's about it. But like But fighter jets are not in my future. Never no, will be. Never will be. You have to be below will. five seven or yep. some some And
0: Tom Cruise is a little fucking person. <laughs> um but yeah, nah, it and it was so good. And like the love story, way less not near as much of a love story like there is still a you know a romance because him and penny are still there but like it's not like that it's not the that's not the a plot with the b plot being the planes the planes are the a plot and then him and miles teller's character's relationship is the b plot him and penny's relationship is a c plot so like it's the back burner Hmm. and it's still good this movie had no business being as good as it was but it it is single-handedly reinvigorated this movie and the northman have saved modern cinema for me Hmm. because that's two movies back to back that i saw that i think are 10 out of 10s Hmm. and i loved every minute of it i would go see it again absolutely it was so good it was Hmm. absolutely incredible the cinematography was wonderful it felt and you gotta see it in so if you're interested in this movie you got to go see it in theaters at least the first time because it's so loud and like yeah and they like it's real G's that they're feeling and like at the very beginning Tom Cruise is like listen you need to understand that we did this for the fans these are real planes these are real G's this is real piloting stuff that they that, that we had to learn enjoy and I'm just like Like, in the movie? Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is all real. Yes. And, like, they really do push the pilots to that limit so they can see them. So they had to, like, sign shit and all kinds of stuff. Now, of course, like, the crashes and stuff that happened, of course, are, you know, digitally put in because they're not going to actually scrap aircraft. For, yeah. for stuff like that. Obviously. But like they actually pushed the planes to real G's and they, yeah. And like every person on the cast too is swearing them. that They're like, no, like this was legit shit. Like we had people pass out because they were, their bodies were not accustomed. And, like, they were uh, supposedly, like, from what I understand is you can't eat a lot before you go on a mission because your stomach will impact impact and your lungs and shit will go in for the G's. Mm. So they would just, the the cast is like, nah, we ate a lot of water and air (laughs) because that's all they could eat before filming. Because, like, if they got in the plane, they would puke everywhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. So I'm like, that's fucking crazy. It's wild. And these people, they... Their training regime worked because I've always thought like like Miles Teller's he's he's a genuinely attractive man I think he's a handsome man but when he took his fucking shirt off for those scenes I'm like damn boy you were
1: ripped good See, Lord but that is one of the that is one of the reasons why I can't I can't take anything away from Tom Cruise no because he's because like
0: he pushes for that stuff
1: he's fucking free climbed the side of a building because he wanted it to be real. Like, cuz he said no 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 we can't
0: digitally simulate that like I'll climb a building and then you can put in the rest of the stuff around me but I'm climbing this building I'm climbing this building and I'm just like okay hell yeah bro like let's do
1: that as much as I dislike him
0: as much as I dislike him as a person if he's in take a, if from he's it. in a movie I'm like I'll I'll at least give it a shot because I know that he's gonna give it he's gonna give it the good old fucking try and he's like one of the last like stars that still act mm. you know like from like our childhood yeah like he's one of the last ones that I'm just like damn like I remember watching all of his movies when I was growing up like everything Tom Cruise was in I was like oh Tom Cruise you know like and so it's kind of wild and you know seeing him still in great shape
1: yeah, I mean, Leo doesn't do much anymore. Mm,
0: he still acts, but not as much. He's very selective with his roles, and all of those big stars are very selective with their roles now that they're older. Russell Crowe, Kurt, or er. yeah, like Russell Crowe's gonna he, now he's in the MCU. He's he's gonna be Zeus in the MCU now. Okay, Russell Crowe is so like, and now and that's what it looks like now. You either become a part of a dynasty, like one of these big dynasty films, you become the part of a big series, or you fizzle out. So the fact that 30 years later, Tom Cruise said, "Not, nah, yeah, we'll do this Top Gun movie, but it's going to be like this or it's not going to happen because we're making it for the fans that have waited. And then it turned out to be as good as it fucking was because I went in with low expectations. I'm like, a sequel to a 30-year-old movie is not going to be that good.
1: No, this is a nostalgia trip that yeah. they put together to make right.
0: some quick cash. I was like, okay... This is just going to be pure nostalgia fuel, and it was, but in all of the right ways, because the character himself was living off of nostalgia, and the movie is about letting go.
1: See, I have I have no problem with reboots. No, absolutely as long as they're not. done
0: right. Exactly, and this was one of the most pure. And if they don't do a sequel, I'm perfectly fucking happy with this. But if they do, and it's Rooster's character now as the main character this is the most perfect passing of the torch moment that could have ever happened. Right. And it's incredible. Correct. Oh, it was just so, it, it was everything that I, I didn't, Oh, I didn't expect it to be near as good as it was. And I, me, me and Dwayne and Ashton went and saw it. Cause Ash, that's one of Dwayne's favorite movies ever. It might be his favorite movie. Um, and he wanted to go see it. And I was like, I want to go see it. And Ashton's like, I don't really care, but we'll go. So we went and me and Dwayne are over there like, Whoa. <laughs> and we left the movie and I go, Dwayne, how was that? And he goes, very, it, A1, very good. Everything I wanted. I was like, absolutely. It was fucking perfect. And I was like, Ash, what'd you think? She goes, it was fine. <laughs> She's like, I just don't really care about those kind of movies. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. It's not for everybody. Like, I can understand that. It's not for everybody. No,
1: but real fighter jets do a real fighter jet shit. That's, right, that's, and that's, that's like, that's, cool. I was,
0: that's fucking cool. So that's why I'm saying, even if you didn't really care for the last one, you should probably give this one a shot. Or, wait till it comes out on Blu-ray, and I'll have it, and you can come watch it with me. Cause I thought it was great. I thought it was so good. Mm. I have, I have yet to be more pleasantly surprised with it with a movie that I thought would just be eh, and it was incredible. I mm. thought about it all night last night. Like I was laying in bed, I'm just like, damn, that movie was fucking good. And like The Northman, I expected to like it because I like Robert Eggers,
1: mm.
0: so like, I knew that I would enjoy it at least on some passing level. And I thought it was incredible. It blew my expectations out of the water. But this movie shattered my expectations. I I expected I was like, okay, it's gonna carry that Tom Cruise hype. The stunts are gonna be cool, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, perfectly adequate. It's gonna be at it's least. It's gonna enjoyable. be.
1: I'll watch this to see
0: the stunts. Absolutely, it's gonna be perfectly enjoyable, and then I'll probably never watch it again. No, I wanted to go right back in and watch it again, like immediately. Hmm. It was that fucking good. That says a lot. It says a lot. It really does because it's been. Several years since I've seen like a high octane summer blockbuster that made me immediately want to turn around and watch it again. And not just for, oh, that looks cool, but for everything about the movie. The script was tight, everybody acted their fucking ass off. It was just good. It was funny it, in all the right ways, it mm. didn't feel forced. It was just good. And they used their F bomb perfectly. So a, it's a PG thirteen movie, so you know you get your one, you get your one fuck. Yep. And there was a battlefield moment in this movie. <laughs> they're fighting a fifth gen plane. The whole fear of this movie is: okay, if you are in this for a certain amount of time, if you're in this area, fifth gen fighters will come out and they will fucking dust your dick. You cannot fight them in these planes. Well, some things happened, and they're in an F fourteen now. <laughs> so
1: old. So that's a fourth, that's that's a hard fourth gen thing. Yeah. So now these fifth gen planes. That's an early fourth gen. Oh Are yeah. sixth gen now with yeah. the F35? Right. So like there's F or there's Cuz what is the F18? F18 is uh fourth gen. Late fourth gen, right? Yeah, late fourth. Okay. That's what I thought. So like <coughs> F14 is start of fourth gen? Right. F F-18 is end of 4th gen. Mm -hmm. F-22 is 5th gen. Okay. F-35 is 6th gen. Right. And those are still pretty rare, right? Yeah. I mean, well, no. No? Uh, (laughs) Are those pretty standard issue? you (laughs) You don't know how much money the U.S. military spends on its budget.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I know it's an incredulous amount of money. Perspective. Yeah. Of the 6th gen fighter planes in existence, the United States owns... 92% of the entire fleet of the latest gen of fighter jets in the world. Not just F-35s but all the variants in the latest generation like most countries own 10. So basically we own 290. Our
0: aviation circles should not be fucked with. (laughs)
1: Alright, <laughs> let, me, let me explain to you the power of the US, U.S. military in very simple terms. The United States of America has more aircraft carriers mm-hmm. than the rest of the world combined. And seven countries that have those... Seven countries of, like, the 12 or 13 that have aircraft carriers mm-hmm. are our allies. Those countries have, like... One, maybe three at the max. Yeah. The only one that's not our ally that has carriers in some amount is China, and they have four. And how many do we have? Like 16. <laughs>
0: Damn. And they're everywhere. We have 16 <laughs> active carriers.
1: <laughs> now, some of them are being retired and replaced with the latest generation of carriers. Right, of course. But we we have double digits. That's crazy. Most countries have one, maybe two. Right. That's crazy. All right. That's so cool. A fourth of of latest gen fighter planes. Mm-hmm. We have like 290 the last time I checked, which was probably 3 years ago because we were having this discussion about like how powerful the US military yeah. actually is. Good lord. The rest of the countries combined had like 70. <laughs> Seven. Okay. Okay. That's like Russia, China, UK, like all the major powers that you can think of had like Like a combined seven. So they
0: got roughly 10 apiece, probably.
1: (laughs) Fifth gen fighters, Mm -hmm. we have a little under a thousand. Right. Yeah. Fourth gen fighters, we have enough to give them away to movies to shoot real fighter planes right? doing real fighter plane shit and r- real jets <laughs> for a summer blockbuster with actors as the pilots, Right, right. All right. Tanks. Yeah. Latest gen tanks, we're sitting at like a cool three or four hundred. Yeah. The amount of T-14 armats that Russia has is in like the 20s. 30s. Like we, have, we are well prepared for another world. <laughs> do you want to know why no one fucks with America? Because we are the biggest stick. We are the biggest fucking stick. Like, actually, we took that Roosevelt line and fucking ran with it. <laughs> and then on top of that, there's a rifle behind every bush. Oh, yeah. We have 120 firearms for every 100 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, like... (laughs) That's... The the civilian population is armed to the teeth. Yep. The military is armed to the teeth. (laughs) And the rest of the world that has a lot of the top-level military stuff are the allies of our nation. Right. And then we also have more nukes than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like... The we are Zubiggy stick. The only people that have a comparable number are Russia, and we might it's have more, Russia. we might have less, depending on, you know. Right. Different things. That's crazy. But like <laughs> we have enough of a still fairly modern in service fighter plane to yeah. allow actors to take them for months on end mm-hmm. to shoot a fucking movie. Yep. Not even train pilots. Uh, p- tra- pilots that need to be trained. Like actors that become pilots yes. for this movie. For just this movie. We have enough to not for even... For Tom
0: Cruise to walk up and say, Hey, we're doing this legit if you want it done.
1: Like, that's, that's
0: fucking mind-boggling. That's crazy. We have enough to just be like, alright. So this, this scene, they go to shoot missiles at this plane, and I'm going to be as nondescript as possible. Because the movie just came out, and I don't want to spoil anything this plane does a battlefield move where it pulls up and then just spins to dodge the missile and it goes straight past them <coughs> and then it flies past them and <laughs> maverick goes what and then tell it, miles teller goes what the fuck was that <laughs> so and i just whoa erupt the whole thing everybody was just <gasps> Like, wow, what just happened? And All then right. Maverick goes so, fifth gen fighter and then they just fly by. And I'm like, okay. That move that move was probably Hollywood as shit.
1: No. But damn that's cool. No? No. no. That's some real shit? That's some real shit. Oh fuck. It's called a topspin. Oh, okay. Um it is very very hard to do yeah most people who attempt it stall their plane (laughs) right Uh, okay but it was i've seen it done in actual flight simulators before right like it is a feasible thing that you can do okay with jets it's a little bit different right because you know jets are uh propeller planes have a tighter turning circle right Jets are moving so fast that their circle is very large. Yes. So doing a spin like that is very fucking hard to do. And that's like a, a key point of
0: this whole movie is there because they have to move through this little sidewinder cannon or canyon and they're 300 feet above ground. the ground. So they're under the kill box where Sam missiles can hit them. So they cannot go above this canopy. They have to keep going through this canyon and they're going mock Jesus And they have to make all these tight-ass turns. That's the entire plot of the thing to get to a a destination. And they
1: actually flew
0: that. And they actually flew it.
1: I'm going to have to watch this fucking movie. That sounds... As
0: far as I know, they actually... Now, that part might be the one where they kind of digitally added some shit in. But, like, they flew it. I don't know if they flew the actual course. But they flew the planes at this thing. And they... And they drove them. And you can see it because there's pilot shots, there's cockpit shots, and there's out-of-cockpit shots. And the cockpit
1: shots are so fucking cool. Because, like, you got them... Do they have shots standing on top of the canyon looking down as the planes pass? Some of them, yeah. Oh, that's good. And they have some where they're, like,
0: going through things and, like, they it's, it's great. It's so, mm, it's good. I'm oh. telling you, man.
1: And the fact that they actually flew it's those good. planes doing that, that's I'm telling awesome. you, man. It's good.
0: It's good. Oh, that's so cool. It's good. It, 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 it was good. It was a good movie. If you want to go see it one day after work, let me know and I will totally go with you. I would see it again. I'd see it again in a heartbeat. It's good. It was good. <laughs> very, very good. I was very pleased with it. I did not expect to be as happy as I was with it. Honestly, like I said, I was, I was ready to be, you know, entertained, but did not expect it to be that fucking good. So, very, very pleased. Quite
1: interested. You I looking it up? I think that sounds awesome. It
0: it was fun, man. I'm telling you, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun, indeed. It was. Okay, so I just showed you that trailer, and we watched another video on that. So, so what's
1: uh, the first thing is they're not fucking faking it. No. There's that's some there's legit no actual shit. way. No. They they're doing it legit. Not, taking I'm, taking Gs so there's
0: there's some fantastic actors in the world. You can act heartbreak, you can act fear.
1: You cannot act taking G's to the fucking face. No, you can't. You and can't like, act that. So one of the things that I really enjoyed for a very long time is like simulation wargaming stuff. Like right. we both know this very well. Yeah. And one of the games in that space is War Thunder. Mm-hmm. War Thunder takes your ship very seriously. Like it is the least arcade, like, tank and plane combat game on the planet. Right. Um You don't have health bars. Yeah. You don't have anything like that. Your tank dies or your plane dies if it takes what would actually be critical damage. Right. And because we understand ballistics and all that very, very well. We know how a shell reacts when it hits armor, so we can simulate right. active tank combat. Now, a tank takes like six people to operate, so like you right. can't get a full experience because you have to operate everything yourself. But right. right, for the best part of it, be cool if it was like a six-player multiplayer game, and all of y'all had
0: to operate a different. Player. Oh god, that'd be hell. that'd be rad. That'd be hell. it would be awful. it would be, be rad. The <laughs> Hell. hell yeah just think if you had a bad loader all that co- all the fucking think communication
1: if had, think if you had a bad loader oh it wouldn't it would have to think be if like if you had a bad driver
0: it'd be like have to it'd have to be og destiny one with no matchmaking you would have to have a six player squad
1: like think <laughs> if you had a bad radio operator and couldn't spot anything <laughs> oh, oh that's a nightmare yep but anyway <laughs> they take things very seriously right and like because they, like, take this so seriously, they use the most accurate flight models they can get a hold of. For sure. Their flight model is on the level of Microsoft's flight simulator. Okay. Like, it is fuel, like, full-on simulation as best as they can do. Right. And so, like, there are people who can do these, like, theoretical moves Mm -hmm. that, like, a normal fighter pilot would not even attempt because they're Like, the margin for error is so So close when you're talking about this that the only way to physically do them without actively shitting yourself or maybe pulling too many G's and passing out and, like, having so many things going on at once is in these simulators. Right. And, like, pushing the limits of what like aerodynamics can do is a really interesting aspect of that. And, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that they took it so seriously... To even like have scenes like him doing that like upward flat spin, oh yeah, to dodge the missile, mm-hmm. is like that's crazy. It's wild. because the margin for error while doing something like that is so razor thin that right. one thing and like the pilot of that plane's dead, right? Like even if they are a very experienced pilot with you know right. multiple combat missions, and they had
0: real pilots playing, so all the like the ads and like additional. People that weren't, didn't have any lines, those were real, genuine pilots. So, like, all the opposing, uh, all the opposing aircraft, those were all real pilots. Like, that is their job. So, like, that's why, you know,
1: they had, and like, the fact that they, yeah, and the fact that they were, like, willing to do such honestly insane maneuvers because Absolutely. some of these maneuvers that they're doing, you take it a little bit too fast and, and your it. wings come that's off. That's it. Yeah. Like, the, G-force is such a... Real fucking... Insane <laughs> concept. Like, you're... Oh, yeah. As you sit here listening to this, or as we sit here talking, we're experiencing 1G. Yep. It goes up exponentially. Yep. Like, at 2G, you're twice as heavy.
0: That's... It's gravity for anybody who doesn't... Right. Who, who, who didn't know that, so...
1: At 2Gs at, at of force, you're twice as heavy. Yep. At 3Gs... You're three times like it goes up multiplicatively. Exactly. And so like fighter pilots experience seven to nine G's in like the roughest of corners and right. humans pass out at like seven G's yep. usually. Yep. And Unless that's you, what
0: they, they talk about that in the movie. They're like, around seven G's is usually the human threshold. You're gonna pass by that. You're gonna push beyond that. They're like it's gonna hit nine G's getting out of this canyon. And they're like, excuse me. And they're
1: just like absolutely, but like without <laughs> the proper training, like you just yeah. pass the fuck out That's because just it. like there's so much force. Mm-hmm. Seven G's, nine G's, even is like standing on the surface of I think Saturn. Jeez, like I can't remember exactly how much it is. That's crazy though. Uh, I got to look that up to make That's sure I'm right. I'm...
0: It was. It was an experience to be able to see it. And then, you know, I watched that. There's, there's a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes videos and stuff on YouTube that you can go and check out. Um, and they'll show you all that. And I can't wait until this comes out physical so I can watch, like, you know, if there's an hour-long behind-the-scenes documentary, I will watch it. <laughs> because there's just some, oh, there's something so, and you could tell when you were watching it. You could tell when you were watching the movie that you're just like, no, these aren't this isn't this is this these are real planes. This is real shit. These guys really are doing this. And it was just wild. It was it was incredible to see. And it, it really did make the movie. It made the movie. Cause like You know, it, it it was kinda like he said when he when when, you know, Tom Cruise in that video, he's just like, you know, I didn't want to do a sequel unless the story was something special. And i was the same way i was just like you know whenever a sequel to an old movie like that comes out i'm just like okay it better be special um and this was this was just a special film this is a this is a one-of-a-kind like once in a lifetime film i think um a movie that should not exist and should not be as good as it it's like blade runner 2049 how, you know, Blade Runner is one of the best movies ever made, yeah. and then Twenty Forty Nine comes out, and it's just as good as, not better, in some ways, and it has no
1: reason to exist. That's what kind of movie this is. Okay. So, to put some like actual perpe- perspective, on nine Gs, mm-hmm. um, the average human's head weighs about ten pounds. At nine Gs, your head is ninety pounds. Yep. So a imagine a. Imagine, if you will. Average 10 to 12 year old. No, no. Imagine. A lot of people have dogs. Yep. A lot of people have lifted 50 pound bags of dog food. Yep. Imagine two of those on your neck. Yeah. And that's just the force on your head.
0: Yep. Not not to count your organs and your body itself.
1: When you hit 9G, your... The blood rushes so hard from your head to your feet that you develop actual tunnel vision. Yep. Meaning it looks like you're viewing the world through a toilet paper roll. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, we're talking about insane things. You know, like, the fact that they went the length to actively use real planes Mm -hmm. and pull real G-forces and, like, Subject actors to these things.
0: Actors, not pilots. Not pilots. These actors. were actors, and they signed up for it. Like, <laughs> like they could have said, "Yeah, no, nah, this isn't for me." But instead, they were like, "You know what? No, this might make a.
1: This is a once-in-a-lifetime movie. We're doing it." Yeah, and that's how you have to look at something. Absolutely. Like that. I mean, and that's well, it's just, that's kind of why, I like, it going to something that I'm intimately familiar with mm-hmm. as well, like race cars. Right. Like, right. That's. The amount of G's that a car that a race car can pull determines mm. how fast it is. Absolutely, your road car, like the standard road car you would drive every day, even if it's a sports car, yeah, can pull like one and a half G. Right. Maybe two if it's like a really, really well set up car with nice tires. And right. You know, you what's an F one car hit? F one cars hit five and a half G. I was about to say probably five or six. That's what I was thinking. Five and a half G's. Okay consistently. Yeah. Through pretty much every single corner. That's the shit that sets your head back. <laughs> no, that that's that's the shit that just like makes you feel right. You know, five times heavier than you are. And see that's the
0: whole thing. So when you're when you're driving when you slam on your gas in your car and your head sits back. That's that's like one and a one, half.
1: That's like one point <laughs> two. Yeah, that's not even two G's. Like if you have a fast car and you step on the gas, you're pulling maybe one and a half G's. So think about that.
0: Just exponentially All right. more. Alright, let me put and nine above ground.
1: Let, me, let me put nine G's into even better perspective. Um Astronauts on the Saturn V rocket pulled three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half to leave Earth. That's crazy. With all
0: them thrusters. And homeboys do it in a plane with two.
1: (laughs) Like, and they're pulling 9G. Mm -hmm. It's because of centrifugal force and the actual, like, act of maneuvering. Yep. Like, because it's the speed
0: plus the sudden hard. Banks yes. and it's, it's all speed that movement. plus direction change. It's all the movement involved. Yes. And because of the fact that they were so dedicated to a real thing, it made the, the experience so much more visceral. Like, think about the John Wick movies. Because Keanu Reeves is so familiar with firearms, because he went through training and he did competitions and he was trained with some of the best firearm specialists in the country. So he's like, he's so intimately familiar with firearms that he even there was a handgun in the first one where every single time he reloads it he checks the chamber to make sure it didn't jam because that gun is known to jam and i can't remember the name of it right now i watched a video on this like two weeks ago and i was like that's see that's just but you have to have an intimate knowledge to do things like that yes. and then you don't have to do and it then,
1: but it's just ingrained and then the coolest thing he did I think it was in the third movie. He's using a shotgun. Uh And he does a technique called quad loading. Yeah. And like, that is a technique that you only ever see in three gun competitions. Right. Like, trying to do things as quickly as possible, as accurately as possible. That's the the only time you ever see quad loads. Mm -hmm. Because like, normal humans don't reload shotguns, quad load. Nope. Because it's a very technical and difficult thing to do. Because you are grabbing, you have a special belt with yep. shells on it. Right. And you're grabbing two full rows and shink, shink. Yep. Like, th- it it's takes tons of dexterity. And it's in one take. And it's one take. And, and it, it is- was one
0: take. So it's not spliced up. It was one take. So that means he actually did it right there. And, like, they're they're very experienced shooters Absolutely. who cannot quad load. Absolutely. Like, And that's what makes that scene. That's what makes those movies. And, like, that's why, you know, even though I... There's... I think Keanu Reeves just plays himself now in most movies. Like, Basically. that's one of the reasons why Matt made that new Matrix movie didn't work because he just looked like John Wick instead of looking like Neo. But like I still watch because he's so dedicated to learning that he learned firearms so that John Wick would be more realistic. Yep. He's not really getting shot at. But he's acting like it. And he's using the firearms the proper way that makes it seem like
1: it. Yeah, he's using And you're just like, holy shit. Like as a gun nerd, as right. someone who like right. really enjoys, you know The technicals of firearms the, like you the do. technicals of firearm operation mm-hmm. and like the ways to make it faster. I mean like anytime he has an AK in that movie, mm-hmm. he does the fastest way to reload it. Right. Like flip flip out the old mag with the mag. And then reach this way, right? Because a lot of people, what they do, because we're so used, like we're doing everything right-hand dominant since the world is a a mainly right-hand dominant country, right? Or the world, and like the AK bolt, the charging handle is on the right side. Side. (laughs) So instead of they, most people would reach up and hit it with their right hand. He just
0: reaches over real fast. Yes. And the
1: thing about it is, like, when you remove your trigger hand. From the weapon, it can be stable because of this hand, but like you're not ready to go exactly. until you put it back. So the way like spetsnaz yep. are trained with AK47, it's yep. always under. Yep, you don't under. Disrupt that side way fixture. you can sight. Yep. Like the way the Spetsnaz are trained, and I don't know if anybody knows, like anybody understands how like brutal Spetsnaz training is. It's fucking wild. They use live ammunition. (sighs) Yeah, in their training, in their no shooting at each other. Yes. So like, and they have training
0: exercises. They're like, you're gonna get shot.
1: No, they have (laughs) they have mock battles, right? Where they'll tie balloons to their shoulders. Yep. To like hear. Yeah. next to their heads shoot the balloons to simulate like if you've been shot or not right and like they use actual live ammunition yep and have firefights with each other yep using balloons as a facsimile for their head tied inches away from your head yes like one wrong fucking move and, and you, did you you're, you're going, done goose you're <laughs> like <gone>. that's it <laughs> like and so they are f- actually trained to reload 100% left-handed mm-hmm. finger in ready position right and they're also trained to never let the gun run dry they're trained to count to th- to 29 i was about to say one one off mag flick rock shink yep and like it's that smooth motion and john wick does that Absolutely. because keanu reeves was like took the time to learn took the time to learn how to properly run an ak right he took the time to properly learn how to run an AR. Absolutely. He took the time to properly r- learn how to run a Glock and how to run this and how to run yep. that. Like
0: He learned the ins and outs, the quirks of all of them. He learned how to run
1: a, 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 not a 590, it's a M M1014, I think it is, the, the semi-auto ber- or Beretta shotgun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like something an M1014, like something like that. I don't know like, the exact He actually that took the about. time to learn how to run a Beretta semi-auto. Yep. And, like, that's, that's more than that's impressive. Dedication. That, is, that is understanding what makes movies great. Right. It, it's the slice of realism inside of the fake. Exactly. And, like, when you take it to that nth degree of just doing it, it becomes something special usually. because
0: you have your movies like your Star Wars and your Lord of the Rings and your Harry Potters, which are so fantastical that you just have to suspend belief. Well, and yes, then you they're watch using it. actual sword techniques, right. for
1: for choreography. One hundred percent. That's but, but anybody it's still can
0: do a, that. a it's a fantasy world, so you just. Turn your brain off, you, you you have this suspension of disbelief, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm in this. As long as you it doesn't have, look
1: ridiculous. Exactly.
0: When you have any film that takes place in our world, and we're supposed to believe that these are real people doing real things and real scenarios, and you have a real actor who really dedicates his time to that? Like your Keanu Reeves, oh shit, my bad. Like your Keanu Reeves who learned gun techniques, proper gun safety and gun handling for these movies, and Tom Cruise who just scales up fucking buildings and crawled into an F-18 and said, Hey boys, y'all are learning how to fly today. File in behind me. It makes for a movie that you cannot truly explain to someone without them just seeing it. And that's why I asked you before. What did you think about Top Gun? Because I know how you are about militaristic things, and I know your love for it. So what did you think about Top Gun? You're like, eh, it's okay. I didn't like the fact that I wanted a plane movie, and I got a romance. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this will solve it because real planes, real Gs, real shit. Boom. And then you're like, actually, sounds kind of dank. Because they
1: tried. Yes. They really put that in there. And like that's that's one of the reasons I like the movie Fury so much. Absolutely That's one of the best military movies ever period. Fury was really, really good. And you know what? The tiger was an actual fucking tiger. Yeah. It was a real tank. No, 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 no. There's only one running tiger on the planet. There's only one. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "No, if we're gonna do this, we're doing it right. We're gonna do it right." Yep. And they sent the script off to the museum that it, that it resides at, and it gets like it's yeah uh, it, it's, caref- it's care it's cared for. Yes, like they sent it care. there, and they're like, "We would like to use the tank in a movie." Like we swear to take good care of it. <laughs> you can do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Bring it, whoever you need, whatever, make that happen. We can make this work. We will do whatever needs to be done. Right but we want to use a real tiger in this movie. Yep. And I don't know if you've seen World War II tank movies at mm-hmm. all at like it's never a real real tiger. No. Mm-mm. Like in Saving Private Ryan, the tiger is a T34 with a shell on it. Like the tracks are wrong. Right. It doesn't look right. As someone who's into these kind of things, right. my complete and utter immersion of that brilliant movie is broken <laughs> as my soon as well, right. as soon as that scene happens, like I'm completely out. Right, one hundred percent. Because like I don't see like, oh, that's a tiger. Yeah. Like anybody who's not like Like me. Like your yeah. general audience, me, who who don't know shit yeah. for dick about tiger. And tanks. like the movie's a brilliant masterpiece. Yeah. But there's this one glaring scene in it where yeah. I'm like Where it's just a huge thing. I would never yeah, know. But you it's would a never you notice, thing. but now you'll notice right. since I've said something. Exactly, exactly. But like You'll, you would never notice. Right. And like, it's just one of those things. It's like, for people who are in to this kind of a thing, these attentions to detail are so important right? at getting the hardcore audience into it. Like the people who are really, really into fighter jets or like people who are really, really into firearms or people who are really into tanks or, or whatever have you, it's one of those things that that attention to detail makes the world of difference, and like the early, the last scene in that in Fury when like he crawls out of the hatch in the bottom, mm-hmm. that's actually there. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. That that's an emergency escape hatch. Yep. Like they did all these things and did all these little attention to detail moments. Yep. And like them firing on the move without trouble was something that only Shermans could do because they had right. actual gyroscopic stabilizers for their barrels. And they weren't perfect, but they were miles better than everything else. And like if you noticed every single time like the tiger stopped or the tiger fired, it like stopped for mm-hmm. a second. And then continued moving forward. Right. And that's because the tiger didn't have that. And the ride was so rough that you would never hit anything unless you stopped and took a second to aim. Right. <laughs> and so like those those small details that yep. get like people who are actually into these things into the movies right makes it so much more special right it's if not for the general audience that's going to watch it for being a summer blockbuster action flick yada 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 but for the people who are truly into this kind of stuff yeah yeah it makes it so special right and like they completely redid the tank for that movie Mm. in uh Period Zimmerman paste of that front from that time period, like in right. the, the Normandy invasion front. Like the tank was in that, mm. like Zimmerman paste scheme. And like Zimmerman paste is a very like specifically German thing right, that right. they developed to disrupt uh, magnetized anti tank weaponry. Right. But they were the only people who were using magnetized anti tank weaponry. So it was a useless thing, but they put it on there as like a just in case. Yeah. And so, like, those those details. And Tiger 131 didn't have Zimmerman paste on it, which okay. is the only running Tiger. Right. So it didn't have it on there. So they had to look at manuals of arms, figure out what it was made of, right. make it, and then apply it. Mm-hmm. So that way, Tiger the, the Tiger in the movie would be realistic to the area it was in for the time frame. Right, right, right. And so they did these little things. And I feel like Maverick is going to be a movie like that. Yeah, absolutely. Where, like, all the people who are extreme enthusiasts about, like, aircraft and fighters and that sort of thing are going to praise this movie to the high heavens that, like, they did everything correct. Right. And they did the best they could to actually show... What it's really like, yeah, and that's kind of the only thing that buffs like me are really wanting. Well, it's just like the main issue that a lot of people like. You know, you look past the
0: weird, god awful superhero story that I fucking love, but like, look at Fast and Furious. Like, you look at the first movie, The Fast and the Furious, which or was about too fast, street, too furious. right? Which was about street or racing. Tokyo Drift. or Tokyo Drift. Like, Those the first, first three movies, they they took some liberties, but especially the first one. If you really pay attention, they basically obey the rules of car logic. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, of course, some like weird stuff, especially in the second one and onward. But like I watched a video yesterday or earlier today where the scene in Tokyo Drift where they went through Shibuya, that's not digitally rendered. That was legit. And they could not get proper permits, so they just went. And yeah. they actually drifted their cars through Shibuya Station, which is one of the most heavily foot-trafficked areas in all of Tokyo. In all of Japan, and they had a fall guy that acted like he was Justin Lin, so that he would get arrested instead of the director, because they just had to film it. So all those people were really in danger. But it's, it's those moments, it's those moments that make you like, "Wow!" And that's why later on, after Four and Onward, basically, when you have twelve different gears in your five-speed nineteen-eighties Charger. <laughs> and shit like that
1: and I mean actually it's a, it was sixty-nine nine children and it's only a four on the floor yeah like it's it's, 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 four it's, like, fucking it's, it's
0: shit like that where they shift twelve or eight six seven eight times and I'm like, now you can shift a lot while you're driving, but they're not using the proper motions and I'm like, ever since, and if you notice it, it's only certain people like uh uh, uh, uh what was his name? Paul, Paul Walker, he genuinely loved cars. He was a genuine car enthusiast. Mm-hmm. So if you pay attention when you're in the when you're actual in the car camera, his are more correct than Vin Diesel's, who is not a car guy whatsoever, and he's just an actor, and a substandard well, one he, at best.
1: <laughs> the reason why they got those cars in the first movie anyway, was because was of be, him. Was because Paul Walker is like, hey yo, we're doing this. Like, huh. I've there's a channel on youtube called vin wiki yeah and they just tell cars st- car stories from right. like different people who are like either a famous oh, in the car vehicle story. identification number got it vin got it yeah vin wiki i'm with it yep and they tell <laughs> they they tell car stories like from people who are either a famous in the industry right. or like you know run youtube channels and have interesting stories right different things like that and like one of the ones is a guy who actually ran film cars yeah little known fact film cars is the people who actually got them all the stuff for the the movies like film cars was a very integral part of getting these vehicles for the fast and the furious movement, right. movies. right and they got specifically the r34 gtr that everybody knows that movie for you know the one silver yeah. with the blue boxes on it you know the one i'm talking about Like they got that V car. (laughs) They got that car because Paul Walker had a connection with a company called Motorex. Yep. And Motorex was importing Japanese cars. And they were importing R thirty twos, R thirty threes, and R thirty fours under like fake clauses. Right. So like they were basically importing whatever version of it was 25 years old at the time yeah to get it you know to get it in and like while they were doing that they were like we're also going to import these little things here as like and we're going to pretend that they're that with different body kits and stuff like that on them and they got like 30 r33s through and like seven r34s through okay and two of them went to too fast too furious because Paul Walker bought them. Like Paul Walker bought one for himself and then I think film cars got got one for the movie. And so like when you have someone who's that passionate about the thing that they're doing, right for sure. It's hard for it to fail. Absolutely. Like it is easier for it to succeed than fail when someone has that much passion towards something. Oh yeah. And like one of the things I respect the most about the early Fast and Furious movies is like they're doing actual things. Mm-hmm. Like the thing for a lot of the for a lot of it, the things that they're doing in the show or in the movie are things that would actually work if you were legitimately racing these cars. Right. And so I don't know. It comes down to the fact that when movies have a touch of realism, it, it makes it it they makes end, the movie. Yeah, they end up being so much better. They end
0: up being special, and that's how you make a genuinely special movie. You can have your giant blockbuster alien buster Marvel movie. You can have your huge Star Wars flick, you can have your your, you know, you can have your James Bond movies that, that, that fit that fancy. But then when you have an actual actor who puts that, that little bit of extra effort for, forth and says, no, we have to do this one thing real. If there's going to be one thing in this movie, that's going to be the scene. It has to be this way. It makes the whole thing. It makes yeah. the entire movie. And, you know that doesn't happen as much anymore.
1: No, it doesn't because people are shying away from practical, right? From doing things practically, right?
0: And and you know that's why like there's a lot of a, a lot of conversation going around now where Tom Cruise is like that actual last movie star, and and I have to agree, like he's doing it. He's doing it. Like he's the one that. There's a
1: lot of people who talk about doing it. There's right. a lot of people who pretend but to he do it. does it. He does
0: it. But he does
1: it. And like Mission Impossible. Jumping out of the Burj Khalifa. Yep. Um, yep. Fucking Top Gun One and Two, where he learned and he flew learned jets, and
0: flew actual
1: military jets, jets. And real like, deal. At the time, the F-14 Tomcat was like the top level. Was jet. the top shit. Yeah. yeah. It isn't like the F-18 is now. <laughs> no. Where, where like it's, it's on the, the back F-18 burner. is on the back burner. It's, it's being about, phased out. Yep. It's being phased out. But when, when Top Gun One came out. The F-14 was top dog. It was brand new. Like there was only one plane that was that was higher up right. than it, and that was the F-117 Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. And that's because it was a military secret. Yep. Like
0: nobody knew about
1: it. The people knew about it, but like it was secret. <laughs> but you secret. You weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it was secret. Secret. Right. And like that's the, stealth fighter. <laughs> like yeah, that is that is like a stealth fighter, the first of its kind. The right. reason why we have the F-22 and the F-35. One hundred percent. Like that is the progenitor. Of that whole thing. And, yep. like, the only time the public knew about it is one crashed. Right. And, like, Right. That was, ooh, that was, right. 100%. That was a fucking spaceship moment. Yep. Like, that's almost as fucking wild as a right. UFO.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like when you have a movie like uh, Into the Heart of the Sea where they actually go out on a, where they recreate a boat like that. Like an actual giant, like, whaling ship or something. And they ride around on one. Mm-hmm. And get scenes on one. That way it looks just that when your crew has to learn that just to make it a little bit more real.
1: Or a Lighthouse with Robert Patton Lighthouse. They, when they like actually just locked themselves in a yep. lighthouse. They
0: were they were on that on that island.
1: Isolated from everybody for months.
0: Yep. And the only people there were them and the crew. That's it. <laughs> because yep. they wanted to to simulate that being Isolation. alone and learning that. You know, it's you know, there are certain things that just, that go above and beyond. Or,
1: or it's the reason why, I like, it's one of the reasons why, I like, the, uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are so beloved. Because, right. like, in the scene when uh, Batman's chasing Joker through Gotham. Yeah. And they flip a fucking semi-truck.
0: And they have to open up the back door because the back blast, te- in real life, would kill everybody in there. Yeah. So they open up the back door so that the back blast doesn't hit anyone. Yeah, just a- little bitty things but, like that.
1: But <laughs> not even that. Like they actually flipped a semi truck. Yeah. Like it's not even. It's not even one of those things. It's like, oh, they, you know, they, they, they s- drove a semi truck and then CG'd it flipping. Right. You know? No, they actually flipped a fucking semi. Yep. Which is, in fucking sane. You only get. You only get one chance to do that.
0: Yeah, that's it. And if, if it's like okay, if the takes not if the takes not good, then. Oh, well, that's just like uh, in season two of The Walking Dead, at the very, very end, they they built the barn that was the whole centerpiece for The Walking Dead, and then they burnt it like they legit caught the barn on fire and they burned it down because they could not fake it. They're like, no, nah, it has to be real. And it's little shit like that that you're just like. ah, that makes it.
1: It's the little bits of reality inside of film and TV that makes it Absolutely. that makes them great. Like. Every single masterpiece that you can think of was... It's
0: got some real
1: shit in it. It was done in a practical way. Yep. I mean, one of the big things is, like... um, I mean, Heath Ledger actually becoming crazy to be Joker. Yeah. And, like, up until Joaquin Phoenix, which it's debatable which one's better, depending on what version of the Joker you actually like. Right. Like, it's debatable. But, like, up until him, no one ever came close. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Jack Nicholson's Joker is nostalgic.
0: Oh, yeah, but it's... But it's, it's
1: nowhere close. Yeah.
0: Like... The only thing that's close to acting the same way is the Mark Hamill one, but that's just his voice. That's all. He didn't have to method act to become that. I mean... You know, and that's like, and and that's what's so funny. That's you know, to get completely off topic about that. Like when Robert Pattinson was announced to be Batman, everybody's like, oh, he's going to be terrible. When Heath Ledger first got announced as Joker, no one liked it. Yeah, everyone hated it. Everybody was like, oh god, he's going to be awful. He's going to be terrible. And now he's literally smiled upon as the best one ever, and he'll never be topped. Partially because he passed away, and partially because it was an incredible fucking
1: performance. I mean. I can see like the because he passed away thing, yeah. But like,
0: sadly for me,
1: <laughs> well for me he gets there on straight merit. Absolutely, like one hundred percent. I don't give a shit well. that he died. Yeah, for like, me as well. I'm sad that he died, so it I can never see, I can never see like how he evolved that right. and like the the the. the, the Publicity he right. got off being that good. Well, it's
0: just like when an artist dies too early. You're like, damn! I really wish I could see what you were gonna do. Like, it sucks because I'll never get to see you evolve. Yeah. Or like when when a writer passes away, or when a actor passes away, or like you know a mangaka. You're like, wow! I'll never get to see your craft evolve. You 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 were cut prematurely, and you were great.
1: We're 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 about to wrap this up. How, Absolutely. However, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned manga. Oh god. Did you see? <laughs> See what? Hunter X Hunter is. Coming it's coming back. back. I know. Hunter Hunter's coming back. Oh
0: my god! Like,
1: wow. That was out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, and uh it's the One Punch Man. One Punch Man guys doing it. Really? Togashi's gonna ride it, and one, one Punch, punch, punch Man's, Man's- gonna—he's gonna draw it, from what I understand, unless that was a lie.
1: Is One Punch over? I don't think so. Mm, I don't know. That's rough.
0: Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't read One Punch Man, so I don't keep up with it. But um, yeah, Tagashi's still gonna be heavily involved now, unless that was just a thing I've heard. But either way, it is confirmed by every outlet
1: that Hunter Hunter, Hunter is coming Hunter back. Hunter Hunter is
0: returning, which means we might actually get an ending. We are getting the next arc. Period. It is happening, and you know whether as, he decides
1: to use that arc to wrap it up in a bow, right, And like you know, actually end it the right s- way for his fans.
0: And and I think that part of that has to has to go to 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 the passing of Mira. Um, you know, because that took the whole manga world by storm.
1: Well, not only that, but, like, Mura, I understand why he wrote at such a slow pace, and I understand the struggles that he went with because of you, but, like, he had ample opportunity to finish that story. Yeah. Like... He released how many chapters a year for like the past 10 years? Exactly. Like 2? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> it was maybe 5, I think, in total. In total, maybe 5 or 6. I'd have to look back again.
1: Like all right. But he
0: he he technically had plenty of time. But instead he was released one
1: if even if he released one a month,
0: it would be like George R.R. R. Martin. If he dies now before putting out that the last two books, that's on him. He's had ten years to work on Winds of Winter.
1: Mira was still trying.
0: Mira was still trying. He was putting out stuff every now and then, and supposedly Martin is too, but I don't know. <laughs> He's been writing other things, but
1: yeah, Mira would come back and he'd do
0: things. But like, he had every he he could have finished it.
1: He had every opportunity to.
0: And if he didn't want to finish it, then he could have let someone else. He could have put his assistance on it, and I think that's what he was planning on doing. And then he just it just got away from him. I don't know. But he had every every reason. Now, Tagashi he's had problems with his health his entire life, basically. Yes. When he was doing Yu Yu Hakusho, he had to end Yu Yu Hakusho early. He rushed the ending so that he could finish it because he was afraid he was going to die. And with Hunter x Hunter, he finished an arc, and then he stopped. Because he's like, I can't do this. He said, I'm going to come back. He came back, wrote a little bit, finished an arc quick, and then he stopped. Because he's like, I can't do it. I physically can't handle it. And I'm like, you know what? If that's how it has to be, then I would rather him not die. I'd rather not lose him and just not have an ending. See,
1: I think there's an alternative. I think there is an active alternative to this this whole conundrum. Because what's happened is, you know, people have had this thing where major stories will go on hiatus, whatever, and then like with the whole Mura situation, Mura dies. And like now we never get an ending because like instead of doing it the intelligent way, Right. He put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off and, it off, and he's like, Well they haven't got a chapter, so I need to write one <coughs> Which is not what I'm saying he actually did. Right. But looking at the release schedule, that's what it feels like. And you and and you can't deny that. No it's like, No, I never will. It's like I never will. While He's I'm like, not I need upset, to write this. I need to write this. I need to write this. I need to write this. It's I can't, in the do, it, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Right? Fuck! I haven't released anything in like seven months. Exactly. I have to. Do Holy it.
0: shit! It's been a year. You know, like because just last year we hit three years without a Hunter x Hunter chapter. And it hit three years, and we're like, wow. And that's when everybody was like, okay, you know, it's it's over. It's done. We're never gonna get it. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they're just like, hey, Hunter x Hunter's coming back. And I'm just like, dude, even if it, even if he gives us, like, ten chapters and he somehow wraps
1: the story, I'm cool. See, I'm not caught up on it, so I don't know what the latest thing is. Okay. And, like, I, you know. Where are you at? I haven't watched much more. I Have you hit the Chimera like, Anarch? No, I think I've watched, like, 20 episodes. Of? Hunter Hunter.
0: Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh. I yeah. thought you got farther. No.
1: Okay. I watched it. I enjoy it. But no, like, it's great. Yeah.
0: I understand. I understand. I understand. Uh but But now that it's coming back, you have more of a reason.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a solution though. Okay. I think there's a solution to this whole like manga under too much stress. Just right. No, no, no. <laughs> there's a solution. How many volumes typically get released per year? Um Depending on the show. Or depending on the depending on the manga, like what six?
0: If it's if it's a week, most volumes I think are three, three or five, three to five chapters. I can't remember exactly. And if it's a weekly we show, like and five. So that's yeah. So if it's a weekly anim, if it's a weekly manga, that's one chapter a week. So that's technically four chapters every month. So, you know,
1: ten ten volumes of ten roughly, volumes a year, roughly. Roughly, yeah, maybe depending on how you break them up.
0: Yeah, depending on how you break it up.
1: Okay. How many, how many volumes are in the Berserk Collector's Editions?
0: Nine each, I think. Nine or ten. Okay, I believe.
1: No, it's of thirteen of the Collector's Editions so far. Okay. Oh, how many, yeah. How many volumes are to Berserk?
0: You wouldn't know better than me because I didn't. You buy the first one? I, did. I haven't bought them yet because I was going to wait till they all came out. I
1: think it's like four volumes I, per. I think it's like book.
0: four, four or five. So I think it's like it. it okay, so yeah. maybe four. Maybe three. I think it's three volumes. Okay. Well, well, so about ten to twelve chapters.
1: We'll call it fifteen for for yeah, sake. Sure. Could you write fifteen chapters of a manga in a year? Probably. I hope. All right. So I'll say that. <laughs> so how you would do this, right? Yeah. Like how you how you would do this plan is like, let's say you're having trouble keeping up with a weekly or monthly schedule, whatever whatever it is, but you still want to put it out. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you say, hey, we're not going to release chapters. I'm going to. Re- I'm gonna write a like a volume. Uh-huh. Or I'm gonna write multiple volumes and put them into one thing, and that's what I'm gonna give you. Right. Or you can make the promise of, hey, I'm gonna write this in arcs. I'm gonna complete a whole arc and it's gonna take as much time as it needs, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna release a whole arc at a time. Right. And so like you just spend four years with your assistants and everything. You pin the story first, right? Or depending on how you create your manga, you either pin the story or you draw it. Right. Whichever way you decide to write it. And then you do the opposite, and then you publish it, and you sell it as an entire packet. Right. And so, like, that way, you don't feel the pressure to put it out weekly. Like you don't feel that pressure of putting it out weekly, right. and you can take your own time with it. Yeah, and you can use your assistance to help you out with paneling and writing and this, that, and the third. Yep. And like nobody's under a large amount of stress to do this weekly, and especially for a manga like Berserk or Hunter x Hunter or like any of the other major ones that have gone on hiatus for these long periods of time. Right. You don't have to worry about it because your fan base is going to be there. Like you're writing it. Take your time. Right. We want something quality and we want your mental health in mind. Exactly. Like, like, especially after Mira, we want your mental health to be taken care of and in mind, but just write. Right. Write some. Yeah. Doesn't have to be stressful. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Exactly. And so, like, that's what honestly needs to happen with all these shows and manga that go on long hiatuses because their creators get burnt out. Yep. I think that's something that Oda should do. Yeah. I think he should release a, like, big omnibus of like three three volumes yeah like every three months it doesn't need to be a weekly thing anymore right and you would give people like nice chunks of material well, to read it's,
0: it's just how like regular novels and stuff work you know like yes.
1: you know Manga not, doesn't, like, not
0: everybody is brandon sanderson and writes like 15 things a year but like every three years he releases a stormlight book which is about 1,000 to 1,200 pages. Uh, And then in between those, every three years he releases this book, and every three years he releases this book, which it staggers in between so that he's constantly writing something, but he never has to worry about when he's putting something out because he's got this deadline and it's three years. And, you know, like he has, you know, like you've got Stephen King who puts out a novel a year, and he's like in his mid-70s. He puts out a novel a year. I don't know how he still has ideas after he's been writing for 50 years, but he's killing it. Um, you know, like you have, and then, and then you have people like Patrick Rothfuss and um, George R. Merton, who they have like two books to their name each, five books. Patrick Rothfuss has two books and a novella and, a short, and two short stories. And then George R. R. Martin has five full novels, uh, six full novels and a few novellas. Uh, And and a couple other short stories and stuff like that, but like in his main series, he's got six technical books, one being a prequel, and then you got Pat Rothfuss who has two novels and a novella in his story, and it's been ten years since the last one. And I'm like, what? Just all you gotta do is write a little bit every day, and I understand that sometimes you get there is burnout, and that's a scary thing for any author or any creator of anything is burnout, because I think what happened with M'ira He got burned out. He worked on Berserk for 20 years. And he was just like, yo, I'm done. This story's too big. It's gotten away from me. I need some time to breathe. He stepped away for time to breathe. And then he died. You just can't let things get too big and get away from you. That's the biggest. That's what's so incredible about Oda. Yes. You have people like Oda and sanderson and stephen king who just do their craft and they love it so much and they're so in love with their craft and their job that they just keep fucking nailing out bullshit some things might be better than others some things aren't going to be that great but they're always doing it and it's them and they're just like hey guess what everything else might fail but there's always going to be another one piece chapter Hey, everyone else might fail you, but I'm always going to put out another novel.
1: I don't know. There's going to be a day where there's not another. There's going
0: to be. And that's what I'm saying. There's going to be a day when. Where there's not another One Piece chapter. Luffy finally becomes the Pirate King and there's not another One Piece chapter. There's going to be a day when Stephen King releases his final novel. And it might even be posthumously. One of his sons might have to finish it for him because, I mean, he's 75 years old now. He'll probably stop writing soon. I don't think he will. I think he'll do it till his dying breath. <laughs> because this man's dedicated his entire his entire life to this. But he's also gone ahead and given the keys to this multiversal kingdom to his son Joe Hill. So like his stories won't stop, but like he will eventually stop. Brandon Sanderson's, he's still young. He's like in his 30s, but eventually he will stop. Akira Toriyama eventually will stop. All of the greats, you know, um the um, like the uh, the James Camerons, the Jerry Bruckheimers, the Steven Spielbergs—those giant
1: revolutionary
0: directors—eventually
1: hasn't really released anything in a while. Not
0: really. Like he releases like one or two things every now and then, but like he's still. If a Steven Spielberg film comes out, you go watch it. You know the Hideo Kojimas of the world. Eventually, they will stop. Kojima will stop being making games. There. Yeah,
1: and it, it, Iraqi will stop making jojo yeah like oda will stop doing one piece
0: yeah Ki- uh, kishimoto stopped doing naruto already and then came back to naruto um, but eventually he'll just stop taitekubo is coming back to bleach but eventually it will finish all the way yep like like these things all good things must like, come to an end. Ava
1: has ended. Ava's over over. Like, it's
0: finally over after like 20 years. It's finally
1: over. And he can do something else now.
0: Yeah. Without he, without he people breathe. saying like, "Hey, when are
1: you going to when are you going to when are you going to finish Ava?"
0: He can breathe again. And like I've look at Hayao Miyazaki. We're never going to get another film from him. No he released his last one or he's about to or something like that it's either at the end of the development or it's about to release i can't remember exactly but we never I think it just ended. I think it ju- yeah. I think it just released. Right. Point. That's it. That's all we're getting. And that's beautiful. And that's beautiful because all good things must come to an end there is a such thing as too much of a good thing.
1: Well the fact the, <laughs> the fact that i think the beautiful part about life and art is the fact that it's so ephemeral. Right. Like in the grand scheme of things what's 20 years? Exactly. Like, exactly. In, in the universal clock, what is 20 years? In the universal clock, what is 70 years? Yep. What is 80? Like, we don't. The only way we get to experience the things that we're getting to experience and that affect us so much on an emotional level and a physical level, and they allow us to have that joy in our life is by being here right now. That, right. Is, the, that is the only thing that allows us to enjoy these things that we obviously enjoy talking about because we've done this exactly and we've made this
0: you know there's a passion yes and and passionate people create passionate people like cuz when someone is so passionate behind their craft that you know and okay I'll leave it with this and then we'll actually end this so last night you know of course I've said on here several times I am my dream is to become an author, and I'm working on a couple things. I sent uh, some alpha chapters to a buddy, to a couple people last night. Um, and my buddy, one of my f- oldest friends that I legit grew up with, known him my whole life, sent him, and he got he got through the first chapter. He's about halfway through the second one. That's about as far as I am right now. This is my rewrite. And he said, "I've never." He said, "It's crazy because I can see parts of you and your personality bleed through the pages." He said, and it's wild because I've never known an author or a creator so deeply and so closely that I can actually see them in their craft. And that resonated super heavy because once you've delved into someone's craft so much, you start to see them in the pages. And you feel like you start to know them. You know, like when you followed One Piece for as long as we have now, you feel like you start to know Oda through the pages. Yeah. You feel like you start to know I mean, Kojima through his games.
1: Well with with specifically like One Piece and Oda in general like you can see what's important to him. Exactly. Just based off reading One Piece. Right. Like
0: you can tell that his friends and family are he thinks that that is the most important thing in life and that being a free spirit and doing what you want and, and is so important and yeah, bonds. Like,
1: like connections, friends, family, doing what, doing what you're passionate about. Exactly. Like that, that is the, that is the theme of one piece. Right. It is, it is what makes the, sh- makes the show or the manga or however so you like special. to consume it.
0: It's, it's what makes one piece as a concept, as a entity, special. so special and so appealing to so many people. And that is what's so, and people latch on to passion Passionate people create passionate people. People would not be so upset about Game of Thrones not having an ending, in a book form, if they weren't so passionate about it. People wouldn't have been so heartbroken about Robert Jordan passing away if they didn't leech off of his passion for that story. People wouldn't be so passionate and so... And, I mean, it, it ties back around into that Star Wars thing. Like, fan, the Star Wars fans are so passionate about Star Wars that they end up hating what happens because it's not what they want. And it's passion because it was created by a passionate person. Now, passion can be gross and destructive.
1: Like a lot of the new Star Wars stuff. Absolutely.
0: But it's still it, it's still cool because so many people are so in love with something that it's changed their very life.
1: I mean, One Piece has changed my life. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. You there's know. a reason why it's forever at the top of my list. Right. Right. It, there's it a is, reason
0: that it will not shift. You like, know. it is... No matter what happens. No matter if the ending comes out and it's just god-awful. No. It doesn't because matter because it's changed your the life. The
1: journey to get there has changed the way I think. Right. Right. And that is what is beautiful about these types of art and media. Like, right. it is... There are vapid things out there. Yeah. And vapid things never breed. Right. Anything except for what it gives. Like there was that time frame in cinema where we had things like Magic Mike. Yeah. And like what the fuck was the point of that? Right. Like right.
0: And while some of those and you know you got your And while and perfect, there's some funny moments in those, those movies, movies could be wildly entertaining, they did not stand up to the test of time.
1: No, and like they're still entertaining on some degree but like they're not going to be Memento. They're not going exactly. to be Requiem for a Dream. They're not going to be the usual suspects. They're not going to be Pulp Fiction exactly. or Reservoir Dogs or Jackie Brown. They're not going to be Inception. No. They're not going to be the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. Like, because of the passion exactly. placed into these properties. That we see as masterpieces of their time period and masterpieces to this day. Yep. It cannot be replicated unless you genuinely want to do what you're doing. Exactly. I think that's a good place to end. That was pretty beautiful. Look at us being all wise and beautiful. That was pretty great. Sometimes I think. Sometimes we think. (laughs) That's it. Nothing about anything. We just think sometimes. Yeah. No. No.
0: But uh, sorry for the wait. Sorry this was a little later than normal. Like I said, technical difficulties. Um, but next episode, I will have watched 86. I, I put my life on it. <laughs> I will finish it so we can discuss that. Um, I will watch a little bit of Kenobi so that I can at least tell you how I think about it. Maybe Brody will get to watch some too. He'll probably just wait to binge it all afterwards. Um, I will have some, some thoughts on... Stranger Things Season 4. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe some other things, too. We'll
1: I will do what I normally do.
0: But f- we'll just sit here and be beautiful.
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Happy Memorial Day. We love you. And always remember, don't you dare go hollow.